We're delaying Tross. Let's do this. Gave it the Pixar treatment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not um, dreading this as much as I was before I watched it again. I actually found stuff to it, enjoy it. It make no like having the story and having it settle in my brain for so long. Like I was picking up. Okay, they actually did tie the story what it is somewhat together you can pick out stuff in the movie just that that backs up what they were doing and stuff but it's wicked awkward <laughs> but it's there more than i picked up the first time but eh. there's what there's one thing that i picked up this time that i really like though well you ready so, to start we, yes, you, yes. you're pretty well maybe we should just go ahead and start hi everyone welcome to jacob's because <laughs> you pretty much said the the default thing that i was gonna say so. <laughs> Anyway. <clears throat> I have been every voice you have ever heard inside your head. And now it's time to <laughs> sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Two thousand eight, the prequel trilogy is over, and millions of fans are left without Star Wars. Enter a brave group of Jedi led by Dave Filoni, who brought tales of the Jedi, clone armies, and Mandalorians to Cartoon Network, thus keeping hope alive in the galaxy. Welcome to Jedi's and Jedi. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast talking about uh, something Star Wars. In this episode, we're doing Trust, guys. This, this, this is the Trust commentary. Hey, it's Trust time. And I got my wine, and I got my, my buddy Chris Honeywell. How you doing, Chris? Good, I don't have any wine. I should have ate more food, man. I just had a very light dinner, and I'm just looking at this ginormous glass of wine, and I'm just <laughs> like, oh, yeah. that's a bad night. <laughs> Well, if yeah, Hope, Hope and I have been sort of putting this off, but I think after our rewatch, we're not so horribly like as we were before. We were sort of discussing. I have Dario candy, like the like the last remnants of my Dario candy. If I need to balance out wine, so I talked to Dario a little while ago, and he says more candy's on the way. So thank you, Dario. Thank you. Yeah, I kind of, uh, I thought the same way on this rewatch, because I know we've been dreading it, and we've been joking about dreading it, and we were just like, hey, let's put this off as long as we can. But, you know, it was my second time watching it, and I will say, the first time I watched this film, I had a really bad theater experience. Like a bad theater ex- Like the first kind of half hour of the movie, I had a guy behind me talking, and it happened to be the guy I went on like two dates with, and I felt so good standing up in the middle of the theater, turning around and telling him to shut the fuck up because he's a horrible person, but, um, I'm surprised you didn't call him Chris, <laughs> but, but so, and I, and I actually moved seats. I had, I moved seats away from my, my friend group that I went with just because, yeah, but it was, um, on this second rewatched of Tross, the things that I liked in the movie, I liked a lot better, but the things I did not like Oh, they are so much worse knowing that they're there. Yeah, it didn't really change my um, opinion on any of the plot elements and stuff. And they're 
you know, the quality of the writing and stuff. But the more I think about it, the more I think there were just so many, you know, well, like, you know, I think in summation with the sequel trilogy, their big mistake was they didn't plot out three years for each movie and then plot them all out and really do do the work. They were in a hurry to get the money and they, they did not come out, come up with a coherent story. And they ended up in the end with two directors like fighting with each other. This like no plan. Cause that was a thing like, and, and I think I talked about this uh, maybe when we did our, I think our last Jedi commentary, which was last Jedi feels like it did build on top of force awakens. This movie feels like JJ looked at the first two movies. It didn't go the way he wanted. So he spends the first 45 minutes knocking it down to then build a house in the last 45 minutes. Yeah. That, like, that, like it, I, I, I loved, you know, you do too. We both love last Jedi. I think it's, it's biggest fault isn't in itself in the context of it as a movie, but it's in its context of when the last Jedi ended, it felt like pretty much the end of the trilogy, <laughs> you know, it yeah. didn't tie up all these stories, but it left it at just sort of a point where it's like these, you know, Kylo and Ray are at odds and that's about it. And it didn't, it, 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 it like, it, it like was sort of felt more like ready for a set, like we were all set up for an actual trilogy. So then J.J. Abrams had to come up with a a plot with a a conflict in it and resolve it all in one movie and then do it around. And and it sounds like they did have a general idea, which sounded like it would probably be Princess Leia by the end of the third movie getting her full Jedi moment, you know, and, and mm. being and sort of fulfilling the Yoda. No, there is another type of thing and give it, get, give it, you know, giving each character in each movie, they're sort of, they're, they're out in each movie, but then she died. And then, so they had to restructure after that. And we'll, we'll talk about it. You yeah. Know. Yeah. We got, we got two and a half hours <laughs> to talk about it. So. Do you want to... Oh, I should probably pee. Why don't you explain the rules of commentary while I pee? All right. <laughs> I forgot to pee. I was, Hope was running late to gay setting up, so... Because <laughs> she had to get one. Okay, yeah, right. definitely pee before this movie. Oh, Jesus. God. I don't know how I'm going to get... I had to pee twice when I saw it in theaters. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but let's go. All right. Like I'm saying, do like the truckers do. All right, so you guys know the drill with the... With the old commentaries, um, we are watching The Rise of Skywalker, uh, Blu-ray edition of it. So get, put it on whatever whatever you play in, whatever you're watching it on. Have it all ready to go. And uh, hover your finger over that play button. And I will count down to three. And when I say go, push that button. And... We won't be exactly in sync, you know. There, there's going to be latency issues with the, with your device and, and the internet and, and all that and microseconds in reaction time, but it'll be close enough to 
to to be in the same same general area as Hope and I as we discuss this cinematic masterpiece called Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. All right, you ready? I am. All right, count us down. All right, three, two, one, go. I was thinking about it. I think really like the first 45 minutes to me is the most like egregious part of the movie. Oh, really? No, I think it bogs down. I mean, not that there's bad stuff going on in the in the first 45 minutes, but because I feel like the first 45 <clears throat> minutes is where it's the uh the JJ knocking down the Ryan Tower, and and it's just little things like I understand that Carrie Fisher died, and I understand that they wanted to honor her legacy, but it's just so bad. It's so poorly done, and I would have rather like here in the crawl have a thing of saying like uh, Leia Organa, Organa has passed away or something like that, um, because like and, and that was kind of a problem to me with the sequel trilogy anyway. Which was Ray Finn and Poe was always in the shadows of Luke, Han, and Leia. So they never had a chance to shine on their own. And so, like, this could have been their chance to, their chance to, like, let them shine on their own. And actually, like, show why they could rise up. Because, you know, if this is The Rise of Skywalker, this is a movie about them supposedly transcending past, like, like ascending past their role, ro- ro- tra- ascending past their roles, and you know, like transcending into like a new level and stuff like that. And I just, I understand why they wanted to use Leia, but it's so bad. This is one of the most boring. It's visually pretty when they get to the shot down here, but it's really one of the more drab pan downs from the the opening crawl. Like I said, it's a pretty, it's a beautiful picture. It reminds me of, like, Rebels. And actually, I, I, I think this whole opening sequence is is fun, you know? It's actually, this part has a little look that reminds me of uh, Rise of Skywalker. I, I wish we actually, like, had a moment because this is Mustafar. And yeah. I would have loved a moment where, like, you know, Kylo comes up to the thing and sees, like, Vader's castle in the distance or something. That's, like, something to tell us it's Mustafar. I didn't know that this was Mustafar until we got, like, the visual dictionary. And I was like, wait, like, are we going to, we didn't see Vader's castle? Like, the, you know, the point of interest yeah. on Mustafar? <laughs> yeah. And, it, and, and, you know, if they had made it more lava-y, craggy. I like the idea that there, you would have a, a compass a would be a three... Like this, though. There, there is a reason why, because actually now that Vader's gone and dead, the planet is healing. And 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 because it doesn't have like that dark side energy and stuff like that. Like there, there is actually a reason behind right. it. And, and it was right. in the Vader Immortal game, but it's not here. Like, but you know, you, there's you don't nothing... have enough. There's no, you could tell, maybe tell that visual. You could tell that visually by showing Vader's castle and have it all gnarled up by the castle. And as you get further away from it, you see trees growing yeah. or something. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and visually portray it that way. I, there's going to be several parts where visual guys going to like all this is 
You can't there, see anything. Some... I want to see my... This looks like the Mandalorian. I want to see my Star Wars. Stop making things dark in Star Wars where you can't see it. My well, brightness is all the way up. The, this part, I can I can forgive that visually a little bit because it's going... It's They're really doing some visual shorthand and making it murky you know you you they they're really like working the flash of stuff and i love when they get to palpatine's face and and when he flashes the lights from different angles it looks like it's three different palpatine heads and stuff visually this is good like the voiceover I get the feeling with the voiceover that they had that they had probably 10 different <laughs> voiceovers for 10 different scenarios and this is the one that they triangulated on. It's it's okay. I, I like the um I will say I, I really like the, the like the sound effects. Like I like sometimes when there's lightning you hear like screams in the lightning yeah. and stuff. Oh, Jarful Snokes. I, I just remember the moment I saw those. I was like, oh, no. Oh, I was, no. I'm okay. With, yeah, 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 yeah. That, I mean, was my, that was my first oh, no, this movie moment was when I saw the Jarful Snokes. And I was like, oh. I, I oh. like the Jarful I You know, that's that's the kind of cheese that's okay. This, I mean, this whole thing is surreal enough to make me go like, this is interesting, you know? I, I yeah I just love those. It's almost like you're seeing a series of of still photographs. Ian McDermott is rocking that black lipstick though. Yeah. <laughs> he is rocking that black lipstick. Yeah. No. This is this is the the this is all okay. The, I was in the movie theater going okay. I'm not happy with the Palpatine thing. Um, B kylo ren can't see this he's inside so i don't know what whose benefit this is for <laughs> but whatever it's okay it's dramatic and you know it, it it sets a good mood a horror mood this is this reminds me of you know some of the clone wars episodes with horror beats in them No. It's no. almost almost a little bit too much exposition for for Palpatine at this point in the in the movie, I think. But that's a, those. I just I love just how he's different every time. It's it's a little goofy. So like it, it's different. I mean, pa- Palpatine's always been like a yeah. drama queen. Like that's his mo. I'm about to yell out a slug. I'm just going to let you know right now. Slug guy Slug guy is like my hated robot. It's just like... Slug it, guy could have been Rose because she's a goddamn mechanic. Why is she not on the ship helping them? Yeah, I and I like the idea of like slug guy just sort of being there and it's like, oh, slug guy, and you never know anything about him, but like... It would have had to have been working a lot better. It could have been for that, Rose. That She's gag a fucking to mechanic. Work. Right. 
Rose is only in this movie for 90 seconds. Like, somebody has clocked it. She's only in the uh, two-and-a-half-hour movie for 90 seconds. Fuck you, And during that guy. 90 seconds, somebody actually condescendingly pats her on the shoulder, too. Okay, so this scene, once again, this is this is my... I'll have a bigger rant on this later, but, like, I, I don't think, besides Rogue One, anybody in the movie Star Wars has been able to film an effective... Vi- I like the idea of the hyperspace skipping, though. I, I think it's a cool idea. It's oh. just... It's so fast. It's just... It's yeah. just sort of there. No, like, okay, I'm telling you, this is how I would do this scene right here. Okay, they plug into R2-D2. Oh, no, here come some TIE fighters. The ship has, the, the, the other ship has to take off and takes off, pulls R2-D2 out the hole. R2-D2 is attached to the other ship and, and flailing behind it. So they have to get R2-D2, who's, who's flying around as the other ship shoot it and, you know, and, and, it's funny visual and stuff, but what we just get is uh, once again another variation of the Death Star <laughs> run, you know, and it's 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 nothing we haven't seen before. It's it's a boilerplate. This is a boilerplate Star Wars chase, and you know you can't have that at the beginning. You want something that wows people, you know. This is just like. It's almost it's there to fill time, you know. But what if it did wow people, just not you? Um, I I mean it's it's okay. I I I like what this does though. For I will say for like Finn and Poe watching them work as a team. Yeah. I I I think it's a good like character bits for like kind of showing like where they are now. But I mean, I I like a lot of the ideas. It's just everything is just so. But it's it's not presented in a new or or different it's 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 just using shorthand from earlier the, movies the hyperspace skipping is a new thing it um, is a new the, thing and, and that's where i was saying like i like the idea of it but there's there's really no like explanation for it you're just kind of expected to uh kind of follow along does that make sense right and 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 well we know that now you can trace ships through hyperspace so maybe a, a tie fighter can follow you through hyperspace but and and then when I saw this, I'm like, come on, Cloud City. It has to be Cloud City, right? Of all the places. But then I thought, nah, you know, the Falcons' computers probably have Cloud City in there, so it would it would make sense to go to like maybe some familiar places that the Falcons been before. But basically, it's just sort of they don't they don't present it in a way where you get sucked into it. You know what I mean? It's just sort of there. And it happens. These parts are so processed because they're all the parts with Carrie Fisher. And I, I'd love to know what they had for raw material to work with because, you know, they, they either did a fantastic job or a terrible job at incorporating it in the movie. You know what I mean? I, I Everything feels just so like so forced and stilted right and and i and that's what like i get what they were trying to do and i understand and i think i think it's like a nice sentimental uh like measure but wouldn't it i i would much rather see like maybe this is where th- this could have been really establishing for rape or her like trying to figure it out on her own um and like let her have that like established character moment but it's everything is so wrapped around or Leia how does, in this moment. Yeah. 
Or and, yeah, or they could start it out with like, geez, how you know the 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 uh, they've been struck with a blow because they've lost their leader. You yeah, know, and, and you'd be, have Ray dealing with you know all the people dealing with their she'd loss. Be, like running this course out of frustration to like get her emotions out and you know like and and trying to her her trying to connect and saying like the be with me be with me is her trying to connect to like Leia and the Force or Luke and the Force and just not getting that connection. Yeah. I think that would be I think that would have been too daring of a I don't think they were I don't think they were up I don't know if it wasn't JJ Abrams or if it wasn't Disney but they weren't up for being um taking risks yeah being risky or or you know I mean you're going to piss people off somehow yeah but, but I think they were they were really trying to like it's it's almost like politics, you know, now with with something this big where you have to triangulate it to to appeal to the largest group and which group is going to make the most noise and what you know. These parts are okay. Yeah, I don't mind um the forest connection parts and stuff like that and mm-hmm. I you were saying something and it, it I was trying to... I lost my train of thought. Um, It kind of reminds me of, like, how I've been kind of thinking about The Mandalorian recently, um, where it has to be the somewhat safe blockbuster because it's the first, like, experiment of live-action Star Wars on television, you know? So it has to have, like, a little bit of a safety net while trying to kind of be bold a little bit at the same time. But, like... We're three it's, movies into the sequel trilogy. Like, the safety net should be gone. Like, Ryan Johnson took the safety net away. Like, why not go out all out and be bold? And it's because there is a big clapback to... to you're oh, ending all so night. Bad. Why does she have to earn the brother's saber? Why does she have to earn a saber? She's already worthy. And, like, and that's the thing, like... Like, if Leia was here, she was would be the one that would say, there's nothing to earn, you're already worthy. But they don't have that in the dialogue of saved Carrie Fisher dialogue, so she can't say that, because Leia would be like, there's nothing to earn, girl, you're already worthy enough, take it, you know? This, this movie actually did explain, did retro-explain, really, why that, that <laughs> it sort of took out the whole, like, Ray is a Mary Sue how does Ray learn all this stuff really quickly? It doesn't fucking matter. She does. Well, I, well, I, I mean, I, that basically, I, they're a, they're a dyad, so everything Kylo Ren was learning, yeah. she I, she had too. She could she could as soon as as soon as she met Kylo Ren, they I, were they're one person basically. So all of a sudden, she, she was like the Neo. She could she could do. Force things without understanding it, you know? This scene is something that I've I wanted for the entire sequel trilogy. So it's not entirely Ryan uh, uh JJ's fault too, because Ryan didn't do this either. But like the three of them together, how they re- relate to each other, how they react, like this is a good scene. This is the scene that we should have had for all three movies, including Ryan's. Because it's- because, like, Finn is the glue here, and I like that Finn's the glue here because he's the friend with both of them. And this is the first time we're seeing Ray and Poe on screen together. We didn't see them on screen together before this, right? Am I misremembering that in Last Jedi? They, I, 
I think no, they I they they get they introduced in the like in the le- next to the oh, one yeah, of the last yeah. scenes they yeah, get the introduced. But, but like, like this is like what I wanted because like they have such an interesting relationship. Because and I just like the oh the, this is some the, of the worst exposition dump ever. Palpatine returned somehow. Hey Rose. Thanks, Mary. Thanks, Mary Doc. Go back to the Shire. Okay, here's my thing. Okay. If nobody knows, the reason Dominic Monaghan, Mr. Mary, Mary Doc Brandy Buck himself from Lord of the Rings is in this movie, is because JJ lost a soccer bet with him. And because Dominic Monaghan won, he got to be a speaking character in this movie. And, like, cool if it's, like, a small indie movie, but this is a fucking Star Wars. And pretty much everything that that Mary says in the... I don't even know the character's name, to be perfectly honest. I, I have no... I Because, for one, he's never introduced. I, I know it's in, like, the character books or whatever, the, the well, ancillary material. But, like, this is all shit that, like, already established characters like Rose or Conics fucking conics who right. should have had a well, much bigger role in this in this as well well, like, well these you are see things this that, that these are all things that like they could be doing and to like give your buddy a soccer right. bet speaking role in a star wars is just well, fucking ridiculous well also he has to give him an important line where he says you know dark cloning. science cloning so so that you can't cut it out so there there he's guaranteeing it he's giving his friend a, a line that you you probably can't cut out you know, or you'd have to re redo with somebody else saying it. So it's yeah, it's kind of dickish. I don't like J.J. Abrams. Let's just get that out in the open right <laughs> now. I think he's a he he's I I as a like I, I I hate him as every time I see him speak or do interviews, I'm like this guy's just a shallow piece of crap. But he does understand like a lot of the basic things about Star Wars. He understands the emotional beats of it and he knows how to get them in there and he gets a few of them in here. He did a good job with the force awakens. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know how to do the, the set piece things, but I don't know if anybody besides like George Lucas and Dave Filoni and maybe Favreau now really know how to do that. Like Rose should be going with them. Uh, She's going to get a pat on the shoulder. Hope don't worry. There you go. Good job, Rose. Also, this movie, like, I, I don't know if it was just John Boyega um, acting and stuff like that, but, like, now in hindsight of, like, all like all his post-I'm-out-of-the-Disney contract interviews and, like, everything that came out, like, after his Black Lives Matter speech in, like, London and just his, like, full just, this is what happened and this is the bullshit I went through, like... So many of like his little facial expressions, like when like when he was um like shooting in like that that uh, that uh, hyperspace skipping scene, like some of it looked like it wasn't like you know it's Finn in this role. It was it looked like like John Biega just going through the motions. Yeah, because probably he, having a horse. See, that's the thing. Like she's he like, probably I signed out by then because he's he dealt with all the bullshit of being in yeah. the role. You know, remember he got yelled at for being the black stormtrooper at the beginning. And, that was the first scandal, and oh, the, but, being a but, dumb character in the last Lucas Jedi. Film had to defend the puppet. They couldn't defend him when he was getting trashed. They couldn't defend Kelly when she was being chased off Instagram. But God forbid they had to defend Baby Yoda the puppet for being, like, eating something. 
Like, they came all out, like, releasing statements about Baby Yoda, but they didn't do it about their people of color actors? What the fuck? I need more wine. <laughs> oh, and about the lightsaber, because, you know, like, a whole seven minutes ago, um, Le- Leia, what's her butt? Um, Ray was just like, oh, I will earn your brother's lightsaber. I don't feel worthy. And, Le- and just now, Leia was just like, here you go, here's it back. And Ray's like, okay, <laughs> thanks, Leia. What the you want? And why is there a chimpanzee fixing a, a helmet? I like it. I like it. And I like his little, like, he gives at the end of it, you know, just like, I like that. I will say but, this. I do wish we got more with the Knights of Ren just over the course of the trilogy. Um, I think that would have been really just to, well, just to know I more mean, about his, this, his, you know? his helmet. I just cannot look at it and not realize that it's, he's wearing the Kenner he is he's toxic fandom and those are his followers and he's got his his retro kenner toys i mean it it, it stands out because it's in the two true freaks logo so he looks like the two true freaks logo on all my t-shirts oh my god he does oh, <laughs> yeah it's no. the kenner it's the oh, kenner no. logo the, yeah you'll <laughs> never unsee it once you see it And he's that kid who's bust. He busts up his Kenner toys because he's mad at, at Star Wars, and then he puts them back together, and he cries. He goes, "I can't believe I busted him up," and then he smashes him again. Uh, Hux, Hux, you're an evil space Nazi, but your character deserved so much more. Can I say something about uh, this this like super imperial super guy right here? Um, I don't remember his name. Like he's potentially great. He's a good actor. And... I and I I will say like I am totally ruined by my friend Arzu's fix it fix because as I was watching this the second time, I was like reading her fic alongside it, and she made that character Nash Windrider from Lost Stars, and that would have been and, and which kind of brings me to the point, which is how much this movie just ignores the ancillary material. Like, like when we get to the battle, the final battle at the end, like, why don't we hear from Hera? Why don't we hear from, like, Kaz and Tora? You know, like, they're, like why not bring in the... If this is supposed to be the final movie of the Skywalker saga, why not touch on everything? Even yeah, if and you could little... throw those characters in, and the people who are just casual viewers, they would just be another person in a spaceship. They, you know, yeah. they wouldn't care, you know? But if, it wouldn't... Because the thing, if that was Nash Windrider, that would mean so much, because that character was an Alderanian on the Death Star who watched his planet blow up while he was on the Death Star, and he doubled down on the Empire and became a fanatic because he couldn't justify that the system... I, by the way, I just want to say, I love this dance number. I will give JJ props for giving us an entire fucking dance number, and it's fabulous, and it needs to be like two minutes longer because this is fabulous but like nash is a character that that couldn't accept it so he doubled down and became a fanatic so he wouldn't have to face his own trauma and his own mistakes and like that's pretty much what this guy is like he's just super fanatic imperial to to him and he's the right age to be nash there's no reason not to make him nash wooden rider because like you said he's just any other imperial to any other to a casual viewer but people who have read lost stars like that has meaning to it and it just makes me mad that like jj completely ignored all the ancillary material like there's no reason that we don't get a snippet from Hera in the final battle or cad well or... 
or anything. You know, like J, like there's so well this whole sequence. Oh yeah, you want to yell about the sequence? Your turn. Yeah, I think this whole sequence just looks staged. I like. I'm glad they put a dance sequence in it, but this is not what a festival looks like. You know, festivals. You know, this this looks like they put a bunch of uh. You know, they it, it looks set decorated to me and and planned out. And that's a common mistake, I think, in a lot of things that do like a festival or something. I mean, we you just know, watched it's the best Love God to to... For, with, with Gravity Falls. We just watched the Love God and there's like trash cans and like. Yeah, 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 yeah no, it's a pe- cartoon. Yeah, no, this, this is this is just sort of a th- it's very theme park looking. Although I like how they they I like how they do this whole thing. I like how the light changes around her, and everybody's moving a slightly different. You know, she's like slightly out of phase with, with the reality of the space that she's in. I think that's kind of neat. Yeah, like this is a part I, I've always liked. How it, it took some time for me to grow on it because at first I was just like, and and a lot of it is just you know I'm. I'm going to put this out here. Like, I'm not a Raylo, but I can see why people ship them, and I totally get it. And you know what? All ships are valid. Ship what you want. Um, Except by by the... Hmm? They're sort of force identical twins, so it's kind of a little weird that they'd want to make out. Uh, But then again, if you're uh, the same person, you know, you'd make out. Well, Smee's the Virgin Mary, so whatevs. But but I do, like, I like how they portray this. And it took me a while to, like, kind of warm up to this whole, like... He can grab things through the force stuff, but you know what? It, it it works. It works. No, I think it's really neat, actually. Yeah. I like that. It's that's neat, and that's something he took from from Ryan Johnson and used and ran with. That he was like, okay, I can work with this, and I understand. I like, you know, the thing is, like, if they have their little like JJ and Ryan Johnson had their their feud or whatever happened, you know, that's that's okay with me in a way here's the Uh, thing i don't mind lando and i'm glad lando's here but apparently he's been here since him and luke broke up and that was years ago so he's just been living here for years then mm -hmm. like it's cool that lando's here but it just seems so convenient that he's here so he was just like well i guess i'll just live here now (laughs) in in my mind leia got ahead of him ahead of time or somebody So somebody got ahead of him. I love, I love Chewie right here though. He's just like my friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Chewie's so good in this movie. No, that I mean that moment like it's cheesy, but he knows how to to do that moment, and it chokes me up when I see it. Mm -hmm. Um, there's there's a couple there's a there's a few scenes in here that they're gonna choke me up even if they're. But I got I just got the impression that somebody got a hold of Lando ahead of time and said. You know, go hang around there and keep your eyes out for these guys. They might need your help. You know, we know you got connections there because you and Luke used to, you know, you and Luke uh, did a little recon there or something, you know? Like, like this is just such an exposition dump to... Yes. That, well, that this whole movie is... there's. There's basically the first one 45 thing go- minutes is an exposition dump because he has to knock down the house that Ryan built. There's there's one thing going on in this movie. They decided to 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 cover one thing in this movie, and that was basically Ray and Kylo, which is the most you know the main Generic? the main Generic? narrative. Generic. 
but it's the it's the generic it, they're the main characters though they're the good guy and the bad guy they decided to to resolve their character and have palpatine be the catalyst for it i everything like, else is just in service of that is basically everything say, it's not even this, in service of that like in a good way it's in a video game way everything else is, is in I a service because both the prequel and the original trilogy were ensembles with the main group you know, Leia never got shafted for Luke, never got shafted for Han, never got shafted for Lando, never got shafted for Chewbacca. They all had their parts. Right. Paul and Finn get shafted for Rey no, and Kylo. Every, everybody but Rey and Kylo get shafted pretty much yeah. because it's just all that, you know, all they get to do is be everything. Everything besides Rey and Kylo is just an engine to get Rey and Kylo to Exegol in a way that the rebel, that the, you know, the, the, you know, the rebels can follow them. So I, that's why, why I kind of feel like, oh yeah, you wanted to talk oh, about that. that. Oh yeah. Wait, that, wait, this is my sequence. This is, yep, my, yep, yep. Thing, this is thing. what I was talking about. Okay. This in itself isn't a bad sequence, but it's all shit we've seen before in various forms. And including flying stormtroopers and everybody knows fl stormtroopers have been flying for a long time now in various forms clone troopers stormtroopers there's all been it's not surprising to have them fly and there's mandalorians around so that shouldn't be a surprising thing but as as just like a science fiction movie this isn't a bad chase and in but it really it just has no energy. It has no life to it. You know, you know where where it's going and what's happening in it, but you don't feel propelled in it, and you don't feel constantly in the space where they are. You know, it's just, and this is just a few visual shots from the the pod race. You know, like almost almost shot for shot, and. You know this this is a good idea you know okay feeding out the rope we got all the the shots necessary to do all this stuff but it just doesn't you know we're not going wahoo when it's happening i remember sitting in the theater just sort of waiting for the action sequences to play out and, and sometimes going oh that was well well visualized you know the the it's a pretty picture or something like that you know, it's all pretty to look at, but it just doesn't. I mean, for one, this is just neck snapping. And they happen to land in the one black sand pile. <laughs> Backbreaking. I like the black sand. I I, I, I do. I do. It's just a joke that they happen to land in the, like in a big desert. They happen to land in the one. <laughs> um. Ah. <sighs> I wish they would have just, instead of being so wishy-washy about Finn being Force-sensitive, they just, you know, was like... Well, you see, I this? think I think what? there was a whole... I think they filmed stuff for all... I, You know, if they didn't want to be wishy-washy about it, I bet you there were scenes, in, or at least written and filmed, where, you know, Finn talks to Rey about the Force, and they, you know, do that, but they they... For some reason, you know, I think they filmed a million possibilities and then just sort of crafted it together 
when they decided the way they wanted to do it and what, you know, around what they had from Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. This is the one I think that actually works the best because it is kind of funny. That That is the one that feels the most natural out of all the Force Fisher lines. Now, this is another example of uh, we have their interactions with together. I think they should all be closer together. They, the, this, but there's like the whole, the whole tension between Poe and Finn. Yeah, just doesn't seem. It doesn't seem like it would be there. You know, Unless there's it's a genuine tension, which it could be because both Oscar, like Oscar well, Isaac, has said that like he always played Poe in love with Finn. So I'd be like, you know, sexual tension, which which is my problem with Zori, because Zori just feels like such a forced character to me. Um, okay. Which we'll get there. But like, you know, like this, that's okay, sexual the scene tension where, the right scene where there. He lit his, the scene, the scene where, where, where Finn lit his flashlight, it, it was a lightsaber. Did you notice that when he yeah, lit up the... <laughs> and it's and it's foreshadowing that, you know... It's foreshadowing of stuff that never develops, you know. And although, you know, obviously it's supposed to be, and if there's ever any Finn stuff in the future, he's developing How the force. How does Freepio know this? What's that? Because he's just like, oh, it's a hex charm, a common symbol of the Sith. And I'm like, how do you know that, Freepio? Well, he is, uh, he is, he's, he's, he's uh, loaded with, inf- he's like a Wikipedia. You know what I do kind of wish? I I feel like, you know, so much of this movie is just them trying to find the next MacGuffin to get to the next MacGuffin to get to Exegol. I kind of wish there was only, like, one MacGuffin. Like, they only had to find one finder because then they could slow down and take... And then now we have the knife to take it to the next MacGuffin. Um, You know, we had the Wayfinder go to this one, and now they'll go to the Death Star. Like, what if the whole thing was just find the one knife to get them to the Death Star to find them. Like, you know, they, there's just one too many MacGuffins, but if they cut one out, they could have spent more time on the characters. Well, it's set up like a video game. And it's not necessary. You don't need... This is the checkpoint! <laughs> and, and, let's just put it this way. That knife is a, the stupidest thing in the world. It is, because, was it, like, it looks ancient, right? Like, you look at it and you go, oh, that's an old knife, right? And then it's like, it just happens to mash up with the Death Star that happened to crash, like, what, No, like, no, yeah, no, ago. no, just, no, no, that, so that, that's the thing is, that's the thing is, that knife was made to be read from standing at that spot that she was at that angle to do it, you know? It's it, it unless the knife told them to told them the coordinates of where they were standing and how tall they would have to be to see that particular thing by holding the knife up to the to the Death Star. It's it's stupid. It doesn't yeah. it just it just doesn't it it falls apart under two seconds of thought when they could have just been like, oh, we got to get on the Death Star. That's the only thing here that would, right? You know? Right, I mean, that's... right. There's no reason to have the knife just be like, she could even have a vision, like, like the moment she picked up, like, the Wayfinder, she could see, like, where the other one was, and she's like, it's on the Death Star. And then, well, like, she just picked, up, out, like, she picked up the knife and said awful things happened with this knife, you know? So, yeah, she could she could go in there and just follow Ray, Ray, till the, you know, the Emperor's voice going, Ray, till she gets to his throne room. 
Yeah. It's it's like a series. It's it is. It's like a series of video game clues, and it's busy work. Yeah. You know, I, and it I provides say, things you need. Like, oh look, we know she can heal people through the force now. You know. I I do like this scene though because Ray's defining character has always been her kindness. Because and when we even see that later when she's facing Palpatine, she's like, I I won't hate you, because that that is her. Just, it, this is kind of like in a very much of like say like an Ahsoka moment. Um, this is a very Jedi thing to do because like they're ready to like slash up the snake. And this I is was, actually like, I was gonna this, say an Ezra moment. Oh yeah, the, oh yeah, that too. That's actually a much better example. Like this is a, a good moment to show like why she's such she embodies the traits of the Jedi. So I actually really like this scene a lot. I I think the reason this works so well is the day before they dropped that baby Yoda can heal in the force, which was a very good corporate synergy on their part. Yes. I want to know more about the Knights of Ren. They're so useless. They're such dorks. That's I, I, you know, in a better movie, this would have, I would have considered this hilarious. Ooh, question. Kylo Ren being the toxic fan and these guys being the, his, his followers and they they like and they're cosplaying it up as as badasses. And then like, why are they leaving the Millennium Falcon behind? Why why are they st- why are they all standing around right in this area where all these guys are doing their thing? And why aren't they, you know, attacking them in this shit? You know, they they all they do is like they show one shot of one of them looking at Chewbacca, and that's oh. it. Oh, I have a I have a question for you, Chris. Because I know you're not a big fan of the Inquisitors either. Who is worse, the Inquisitors or the Knights of Ren? Oh, the Knights of Ren for sure. Oh, yay! There's I nothing. love my. There, there's nothing to them. There's there 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 are a couple shot there are a couple shots in this movie. There are a brief battle where Kylo Ren just takes him out. You know, that's it. That's how they are. There's nothing to them. We have no feel as to what what they're like you know or anything there's no so, you know there's no little touches in the acting and directing of the shots of them that give them individual personalities or stuff and i i will say i also don't understand this whole sequence it feels like i don't understand why she goes out there i don't understand why she like fights kylo's ship i don't understand like why he comes out except for the plot of them catching chewie and her exploding a ship like this is all forced plot yes like, there's no point where they could be fighting the Knights of Ren and then, like, you know, Kylo shows up. You know, this this feels so staged, and I just don't there's, understand there's a, why. Well, there's a lot of this that reminds me... It, there's a lot of this that reminds me of film school, where, like, you know, there were, like, kids would write scripts. That's a cool shot, though. I do like to see the tie coming around the bend. That's a nice little shot. Yeah. And and like kids would write script and they're like, okay, we know there ha- we have to have character development in this, and they really wouldn't know what to do, but they would put it in there because they knew it had to be in there. So, like, oh, oh, oh. Finn's about to yell, Ray, take a shot. Yeah, take, right. Take out a shot because that's like his only line is him just going, Ray, take and, a shot. Oh, let's let's make sure that we know that they have the knife. You know, it's all just. I, I guess I guess what I'm saying is like I need to drink my they, water. Ooh. They haven't really drafted a real visual filmmaker, visual storyteller filmmaker to make Star Wars until The Mandalorian. A lot of the people that have directed like R- Rodriguez is a t- 
total visual storyteller. And uh, I would give Rogue One uh, a much higher up than that. Rogue One, Rogue One, Rogue One has it. They he knows how to do a a, a set sequence. Although he's not a visual storyteller, he sort of subverts visual storytelling as sort of his thing. Like he did the Godzilla movie where there was like probably like five minutes of Godzilla in the whole movie that wasn't on like you were seeing Godzilla mostly on a TV I don't screen. Know, like to me, like Rogue One is such a visually like cinematography beautiful movie. Like it is, it is. a gorgeous movie with amazing set pieces. Like it's, it's easiest. It's easily the probably. Well, Hope's Bias, that's my favorite Star that's, Wars movie. That, so. Yeah, that's not visual storytelling, and it's not telling a visual tale. It's telling a tale of, like, it's telling a character-driven, it's telling a very character-driven tale. So it should have more... Di- it, whereas... See, that's 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 the thing, is, like, okay, okay, in a, in a visual, you don't have to have Finn go, they got Chewie, they got him. Tell us twice after we saw it. All he has to do is be like, Chewie's in that shit. I remember people losing their shit over Ray doing this. And I'm just like, I wonder if those people lost their shit shit when Ahsoka did this in Clone Wars. Right, 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 right. I have to wonder that. People just want to hate Ray. But I, I just, I don't understand anything of like why Kylo's here and all this other than to him just being like, Lightning! And I, and the thing is, it's like, I wish they had doubled down on stuff because we have no, two fake, he's... fake out deaths in this that don't stick. We think Chewie dies and we think C-3PO is gone. There's two fake out deaths. Neither of them stick. And the, it just takes away the emotional resonance of this yeah. movie. Yeah. Because yeah, when, when this shit blew up, I started sobbing because I thought Chewie had died. And it's a powerful moment. And then you see him two minutes later, and I was like, "What the fuck?" And she and she primal <laughs> screams like that scream. Yeah, and both like, of them. Like it takes away the emotional resonance. And I'm not saying like I'm, I like have a death wish for Chewbacca because you know I love Chewbacca and I'm I'm glad he's alive. But like this and the three yeah. PO death fake out, like make at least one of them stick. Like make it's very have, manip- like it's manipulative and and yeah. having. Having having che- having Chewie die is like it puts stakes into the the whole thing. If you're gonna Absolutely. and it, and it puts it puts stakes into this. This would be part of Kylo. Do it, you know, Kylo. Just lost his Ray uncle. Into the he place just lost his to... uncle. They really helped raise him. You know, like because Kylo has a relationship with Chewie too. Like that would have just been like another point of no return for him. Like you know. Yeah, he, I don't he, think he. I, but I don't think he was really like. I don't think he really knew what was. I don't think he knew Chewie was in that. He could have felt know. it in the force, though. You know, yeah, like because well, like that's a thing. Like with uh, and and that's another missed opportunity. Is like when we actually get Chewbacca, there should have been a scene of Chewbacca and Ben, like and like Ben interrogating Chewie. Yeah, that would have been great. so emotional of him, but, just like. Like, can you imagine if Chewbacca, like, like you know, like, said something in Wookiee, and, like, Ben just turned around and was just like, don't talk to me about my father. Like, there's so much that could have been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They could have been doing, Ooh, like, like right now, right now, they had this story going in so many different directions that they were like, they gave Chewie the knife, right? Right. I, I This is what I'm looking at from a film 
scriptwriter perspective, if you don't know what the end of your movie is and you're trying to do it five ways at once to triangulate, they made sure Chewie was on there with the knife. So if they decided he was dead, then that would they, they still had to go back for the knife. But if he was alive, the knife gives them a reason to go and find Chewie, you know. So it's all just like it's all just plot stuff, except d- don't they find they? That's I a think good they. Little moment though, I have to say. Yeah. Yeah, Hawks, that's funny. But Chewie didn't die. <laughs> See now, now they discuss it. Now it's all just dis- discussing, and then C-3PO's going, "Oh, we don't really need the dagger." And then they're yeah. going to go through a whole bunch of stuff just to find out that they do need the dagger, and they got to go. So they got to go to the ship and get a get a a a, a special token. That they collect from a side character, you know, from a what? What do they call them? Uh, NC NCP. Um, you know, gives them a gives them a, a a token so they can get onto the ship. So it's all just busy, busy, busy work, you know. And then they 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 cover it up by having them have these sort of emotional conversations. That really don't mean anything, you know. Uh, the, and then this what is, is the, why? If this scene was before the Chewbacca one, that would have meant, like felt a lot more because they're just like, let's do this for Chewie, but we, the audience, knows he's alive. Right, right, right. <laughs> have it has the Chewbacca no... scene here, like have it here where they're just like, oh, there's this dude, and you why know, did we they have, have to tell prisoner. us Chewbacca was alive except to make little kids oh, feel better? I'm gonna drink my wine. I'm so ready for this. Go off. Go. All right, I... motherfucker. All right. I'm oh, you fucking. All right, so for one, this is J.J. <laughs> Abrams injecting himself into the movie. We should clarify this is about Dio, the, the yeah, droid. Yeah, this little, this little pig fucker right here. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Cone fuck face. So awful. I'm gonna so awful. Life. So useless. Just made... J.J. Abrams is making himself into a toy. And, like, okay, if you're a director and you... Okay, you know what's awesome? Dave Filoni is Chopper. You know what Chopper is? A fucking character. What is Dio? (laughs) I looked up Dio, okay? I looked up to find out, okay, because I know sometimes you go to the visual guide or you go to Wikipedia and you find out, like, something that makes the character make sense. All this looks like it was filmed on a set at, at like, a Disney, uh, like, one of those Disney stage plays. It's all just very stagey and hurriedly hurriedly done i thought it's Keep very i'm here for this. anyway anyway I'm enjoying my all right wine. so i look it up and you know okay what's three po's a a translator droid and and there to be helpful r2's an astromech droid what the hell is dio so i look it up dio was built by just some guy who was a droid technician and then the evil um sith hunter guy um stole the droid from the guy after he murdered him and took him along with his ship but Really, it doesn't seem that he had any any use, and, and he just sort of mistreated the droid until he was found by these guys. That's all we know about Dio. He's 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 just there to be J.J. Abrams' toy, 
and to jj abrams gets to talk through you know that's when when we see dio that is jj abrams in his own movie doing something you know that's a purposeful decision he decided to play that character and put that character in this movie for no reason and at the end he makes him the most the character that holds the information that they need and uh we'll we'll get to i'll 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 i'll, I'll, I'll discuss it more as he comes but up he was but. treated badly for the force awakens <sighs> <laughs> All right, I want to talk about Zori Bliss for half a second, because here she is, right? First of all, this is a horrible use of Carrie Russell. How dare you? We never see her beautiful face. What the fuck? All right, I need more, I need more wine. Um, <sighs> let me drink my wine. All right, so the thing about Zori Bliss is, I, I really wanted to give her a chance, because I was like, you know what, I was very hard on her, and stuff like that, because I just wanted to give her a chance because i've always been hard on this character and on my second rewatch she doesn't do anything no she's she nothing do, do you know what her purpose is is to prove one time and i'm gonna say it again that poe dameron ate some pussy because jj doesn't want finn and poe together oh, no 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 hope she's also to provide them the coin that they need at the right time to get to just fly up onto the to yeah. just fly into a star destroyer because if you have a coin why like in a video game from Babu Frick, why couldn't like they just and I and I'm not and she's like, so clean like everything else here is grody but she is like sparkling clean she doesn't look like a lived-in character that's been living here because everybody else looks like dirty and grimy and stuff like that she is sparkling John Williams Oh, was that John Williams? Yes, that was. Oh my God! Cool. Yeah. No, oh. she's she's a she's a. Uh, what? She's not even a character. She's a plot no. device. Like, yeah, she's a video. Oh, she's a video game character. She, she. I mean, you can't you can't have I I can't have good feelings or bad feelings about her because she's just a plot element. She's, she's just there. They even they cover her face probably so she only so they could she probably didn't even have to be on set you know what I mean? It's it's. I I do th- I do know that like uh she was on set because there's an article floating around that for two days no one saw her face, um never saw Carrie Russell's face so like uh, she she was on set but like. But nobody saw her face. Okay. <laughs> it was JJ. <laughs> I, That's JJ's kink. <laughs> pretending, pretending to be female actresses wearing masks and and showing I will up say, Babu Frick is super cute. That is a super cute little character. Yeah, it's it's a good he's little cute. Star Wars character, uh, but he's and just he's, he's basically just thrown thrown around in there. He's he's fine. He's fine. He's fine. Yeah, he's fine. Uh, but like this, like. There's so much emotional... Re- like, Milking this it. is the first time... Like, when I first saw this trailer, when I, and there was this line from 3PO, I was like, oh my god. Like, what's gonna... Like, this was the first time I was like, because you guys know me. Like, all throughout Clone Wars, I was like, oh, fuck 3PO. But, like, when I first saw this line in the trailer, I was like, oh my god. Like, there's so much emotional resonance in this. And then we lose 3PO for him to be reboot and start over. And then they, like don't dump like they give him his memory back and it's just like you took away all the emotions from it it's it's a good gag of 3po thinking he's he's alive for the first time 
and it's sort of yeah. it's sort, and I wish it's they sort of a nice it's sort of a nice throwback to to episode one where you first Absolutely. meet 3PO. And, but the lack uh, of Shmi and Padme in this movie, like callbacks, is just atrocious because like oh, apparently the only like when a Skywalker film when you're in the final episode is like only the male Skywalkers are important. Like we couldn't have Shmi, the original mother of Star Wars, of the Skywalkers, be like have a callback. And, I, and I'm saying this in the final scene because we know Shmi is buried in the sand outside of their house. Yeah, but she's like, right, not a force. No, person no no i'm just saying in the very final scene like when ray's burying shit in the sand we know shmi's grave is right over there there's no reason she couldn't like touch base on that and like the lack of padme no it doesn't matter yeah. it's the force no like, I, I mean like, by that time it would have been just like they would have been ticking too many it would have just been boxes ticking you know yeah, it's, like the the female Skywalkers are always, uh, except for leia if it's not leia the female Skywalkers were totally left to the side and take off your mask you plot device? Yeah, no. What what a waste of Carrie Russell. And we just have to be like, oh, Poe Bo, can't be gay. He has to at least be bi, pan, or demi. <laughs> but he can't be gay. We can't have an interracial gaze. Ooh, well, I mean, her this, 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 fast. this stuff with her could have potentially been a sort of rebels sort of feel to it. You know, it could have added a little rebel. I think her character and this world and stuff could that. really have had could have could have like played that feel of it. And, you know, they could have made her character an interesting character, but she doesn't even she's not even that. in. she just delivers re regular old lot, you know, the lines you would expect anybody I actually just read this chapter in my friend's fix of fic, and it was so much better because oh. they had, they had, uh... Squeaky wheel, squeaky wheel. I have squeaky wheel. Yes, you do, JJ, you fucking master of the obvious. Fucking squeak eliminated. Oh, kind, very kind. You're so kind, kind. I, I want to make sure. I've been treated bad. You've been treated nice. And they have the scene where she's like, don't worry, you're with us, you know. And so... So my buddy uh, wrote that scene with them on the roof differently. And what it was, it was Finn that was on the roof with Poe. And they actually talked. They talked about his past as a spice runner and why he made his decisions. And it was it was just like, it was so much more emotional reading this in a fan fiction than actually what was here. And I was like, ugh. <gasps> Why not just, like, have it, like, just say, and it's in the throne room, so we don't, we don't need the blade, but apparently we do! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's all the information <laughs> they needed right there. Okay, we, uh, okay, let's go find the Emperor's throne room in the Death Star on the planet, you know? That's all they needed at that point. I just love Babu in that moment, because it's like, 3PO just died, and he just goes, Hey! <laughs> Like, the little things in this movie are so good. Like, there are so many good little move, moment, like moments, but it's just wrapped up in so much trash. So much garbage. Woo. Ha! Oh, a different transport that we didn't okay. see. I know, we never saw. Like, this is great. All of this with 3PO is great, but like they take it away by R2 giving him his memory back. And they they blow the best joke 
they screw up the best joke of 3PO's where at the end somebody's like, who's Babu Frick? He's like, oh, Babu Frick, he's one of my oldest friends. No, the joke is, Babu Frick, he's my oldest friend. Because he is. He's 3PO's first friend, and that's a good that that's a good joke. Thanks, Sorry. I left you to die, apparently, as a spice runner, and I just came back, and we had one whole heart-to-heart on the roof. But thanks for the plot device that you're giving us. Okay, bye. And that's the thing, like, especially later, like, we're not on Kajimi that long. Like, we don't actually get to, like, really get to know Kajimi or the people and stuff like that. So even when Kajimi is blown up later because they have to have a planet-killing device on every Star Wars, apparently, um, it, there's no emotional resonance because we're not yeah, even no. here long enough to like it's, Kajimi. It's, it's meaningless. I forgot that it even happened until I saw the movie a second time. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. They blew up Kajimi. That we were only on for, God, what, like six minutes? Yeah, and it was only just an interior think, set and a really hastily made ex like it would not have been something very appealing if it was like, exterior set. Can you imagine if it was something like Naboo and like there was a shot of it blowing up and like we see Padme's tomb like break apart? Well, yeah. Oh, I would have cried. I've been like Padme. <laughs> You know, they chose this like instead of like they give they're, us a they're new not gonna put they're not gonna play to us on that level in these movies. Oh, but we can have a droid you can tell dream, us you could you could dream. Have a droid tell us when to be sad, but we can't play on the emotional resonance of the prequel trilogies with a place right. that we're familiar with That's from right. the movies. That's absolutely right. <laughs> I feel like I'm going mad. I like this scene though. This is a nice little scene. This is a funny scene. Yeah. Oh, thank God you're here. <laughs> it's che- they're Cheech and Chong. Welcome, guys. <laughs> they all of a sudden, they're, all of a sudden, they're two like just stoner bros. I love that scene. Though. That's a nice little scene. Well, it reminds me of the parodies of these movies that the this uh, YouTube group called the Oral Knots do, and I highly recommend <laughs> Existential Troopers. It's it's Oral Knots redubbing Mandalorian episodes where two the two troopers that were shooting at a can that were hitting Baby Yoda yeah. start start realizing that they're in a simulation and they're trying to get <laughs> out of the simulation. It's hilarious. But that that oh go ahead. That line of dialogue with the stormtrooper reminded me of like a line of dialogue in that scene. But yeah, these these city sets are so like fundamental, basic. Can you explain something to me, um, like movie wise that I just never understood? I we always see them like take out cameras and stuff like that. But whenever I see that, I'm like, aren't you just telling them exactly where you are? Because then they just, they're like, oh, they took out the West Wing cameras. Yeah, they the, must camera, the West Wing. camera malfunctions here. That must be, yeah. Where no, they are. I've never, I've they, never understood that in any movie No, or in, the, in these sequel ones, they do these, they, like, you know, I mean, they just make these, they're just visual, they're just shorthand in Star Wars language. It's just like. This is just basically a Reader's Digest like version of this the Death right Star. Here. This is a great shot. Of this the Death This is a fantastic shot of them going down. Like the first time I saw that in the trailer, I was like, "Yes!" And then when I saw that shot, uh, that that long training shot of them, I was just like, "Yes!" This this <laughs> is just just a re, re, Reader's Digest version of of Star Wars where they where they go and rescue the princess from the Death Star. You know, if his boyfriend is down, if they were the gays, like he'd be worried about his boyfriend. But no, Jane Chan can't have the gays. <sighs> uh, 
Uh, Hucksters are so much better. You know what, actually, I would have really liked to have seen, um, and this is relevant because we're about to get into Resistance. Um, we, I, I kind of wish Season 2 had a little bit of time where how how like we got like in Rebels and Clone Wars like some background information and how stuff like worked. I actually would have really liked to see Hux as a spy working with someone like Tam. Like having Tam like meet Hux and like realizing he's a spy and them working together. I thought that would have been a very strong thread of season two that we didn't get. And it would have actually given a lot of background to this movie because like Hux deserves Yeah, they did yeah, but it would have given away uh, a up, well, the up, movie up. was already out. The movie was already out. Oh, uh, okay. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. Actually, you're right. You're right. You're right. Because um, it ended... The last, like, five episodes were after Rise of Skywalker. And actually, when they were doing Resistance, they were still writing Rise of Skywalker. So they probably actually didn't know that Hux was a spy. Because um, they were so... They had to be in so far in advance. Which is why, like, season two was so weird of Resistance. Because they were still writing Rise of Skywalker. They didn't know the story. Um, and also, a friendly thing to know with Rey... Daisy Ridley went on a talk show and said that, like, over halfway into filming, she didn't know her parentage because they would change it on an almost daily basis. Right. No, they, at they, one point, she was a Kenobi. At one point, she was a nobody. Yep. At one point, she was a Palpatine. Like, they kept changing it on her. Oh, no, it's obvious that it's they so wrote, obvious. wrote this movie in five days. They, they, they wrote this movie. So, it's so obvious that way. When I saw when I saw the documentary on, you know, the the, the Disney-made, you know, promotional here's john williams making the soundtrack to um he this wasn't most of this was not composed the way a normal star wars movie was where he sees the final footage and he writes a score to it because they didn't know so they would give him like probably there's obviously some scenes that he did score because they had they knew that scene was going to be in there in that way so you know, they give him that stuff, but then they, they just told him, write a bunch of short pieces with familiar Star Wars themes in them, and we'll we'll I, edit I, them together. To I have to, noticed that, like whenever um you know the like the traditional like dun 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 dun, dun yeah. that little tune count like just always comes out of nowhere and on almost yeah, every action it's a clip. sequence. It's a clip. It, it, as it, an it, editor, it as so an editor, great. it's glaringly obvious to me. I'll I'll point out the most obvious one. I love that guy running in the background. I mm. like I like the way the way they shot this with the two of them half in and half out of their reality is 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 very well done. It's 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 really well done. There's always little so many of... speculations about that from the trailer, which was like what that moment would mean and what like them like destroying like the Vader all, helmet. Like that yeah, was all so many. Kylo's like, oh shit, you're in my room. <laughs> oh don't my look under god, my in my don't, room, she's gonna see my posters. Don't, don't look under my bed. Don't, don't get in my me. underwear drawer. <laughs> oh god! Oh god! She's gonna see my like fan fiction. My god! She read my diary. Oh no! She knows. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like there, the 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 tension of them. There's no tension with them bickering like this. And and like okay. There's no point of it either. Right, right. 
it, it, it takes all the tension of they're going to be shot out of this. You know, it just. I'm the spy. <laughs> you see, I don't think I think I think Hux gets short shrifted in this, but I think that's his running gag. I, I'm surprised they didn't bring back. Um, what's her name to um, to get short shrifted again in this. Even Phasma. I'm oh. I'm surprised they didn't have her to just have another running gag of Phasma doesn't get to do anything. You see, now they could have set like there's all these sequences where Ray and Ren run into each other and then she just runs off and he lets her go where they could have set it up as he's grooming her, you know. I, he's I, I he's doing it step by step. I think this is the most telling character moment for for uh, Hawks, where it's like, I'm not helping you. I just want Kylo Ray to lose, and I I just I think that's such a like his character defining moment. Yeah, well, uh, you know, they could have played up the whole thing that that like all of us okay, like the First Order exists in this, and all of a sudden Palpatine is a new player in this. Palpatine hasn't always been. I only realized this the second time through. Palpatine hasn't been in the background with all these ships for the First Order. He he offers it to Kylo Ren. Mm -hmm. So, like, he's got... Palpatine's got the inside guy pride. But a lot of people, mm -hmm. like Hux, are probably like, who you know, do we want to... We yeah. have our First Order and stuff, which also begs the thing. They, they beat Palpatine at the end. The First Order is still but, around. I they hate this. The First Order. I hate this. I will never forget. I was sitting in the theater, and that line of "You are a Palpatine" comes out, and some dude, like in the back of the theater, just, just like kind of after a moment goes, "What the fuck?" Whoa, <laughs> Yeah, I know. A bunch of like the, it was total sad trombone time. Yeah. And I, I, the, the, by this time in the theater, I was it like, was just like, oh, jeez. All, all like at this point I was, and like, where are we now? We are at the halfway point in this yeah. movie. We are at the halfway point in this movie. Chris. And how much plot has there really been? How much have we, you know, there's been. But what, we hit maybe, two checkpoints, Chris. We've hit two whole checkpoints. Yeah, we've hit a bunch of checkpoints, but like. Really, all this, everything that we know and have done up till now could have been done in, like, what, a half hour, 40 minutes? Yeah. This is it, a cool shot, though. I do like yes. this shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want a few cool shots. Visually, it's, it's, it's nice. All right, Chris. I'm going to need you to hold the fort for, like, 10 whole seconds. Oh, because time again no no i i uh, i just realized i forgot to grab my charger my computer's just like Burr! and my charger is like <laughs> just outside of my soon. reach it's just we don't want you to to crap out of here and like yeah a lot of people are like yeah this is just an ignoble end to to hux but you know that's sort of been his his lot all the way through it you know just it's okay, we're good. Like, my plug-in was just out of my reach, and I just had to take off my headphones just long enough to plug in my computer. <laughs> we're good now, we're good. But Hux is dead, and he is just such a wasted character. 
Why yeah, but he's always been a wasted here? character. He's just been a joke. All like just sort of a Rose like he was mechanic. a joke in the Why first is she movie. Not here? He was a joke in the first movie. Actually, it's... I don't think so. I think he's actually quite terrifying in, in the first movie. And then the second movie, they start making him into the joke. And in the third movie, he's just trash because this is a trash movie. There we go. Okay. Thank you for holding the fort for a whole 10 seconds so I can reach my plug in. <laughs> well, he has, head... his, he has his fearsome moment in the first movie, but that's but then you find out he's just, you know... He's just kind of cosplaying that stuff, you know, and then he's just shown off as being just as flunky. And yeah, and then he's never taken seriously from that that point on. And I kind of like that because you know, there were like a lot of um, and I think it's in the early, early like concept art. Because to go back to what you were saying about like kind of the tension between the first order and the final order and stuff like that. Like that, could, there's a lot of like concept art and like debate about whether or not there would be a stormtrooper rebellion, which of course is the whole point of like Jana. Hey, Jana, what's up? I wish you did more because more, here's actually what I'm talking about. More missed um, opportunities here with this character. Yeah, Jana's great. She has the potential of being a really great character. But like, it would have been so cool to see like more stormtroopers rise up in the final battle because. Because couldn't you see, like, you know, like, what if people in the First Order don't want to be a part of the Final Order or whatnot? Yeah. That's a that's... great shot, though. I like that. Ah. It's so dumb. We're just, we're just treading water. Just treading water again. This, we're starting to finally move out of the point where, like, I think, though, like, out of the part where... I, I feel like the first half is just so rough, but I think about from here on out, I feel like the movie is okay. The final oh, battle really? is kind this, of the I final would, battle is kind of tedious. I would keep. I would. There's there. There's a point right right in here where I would cut. There's a at, once once this plan once we play out on the Death Star here, literally there's no reason not why to take it to Exegol from that second on. Like if I would have if I would have been. If I would have seen this, I would have had. It's so dumb. That's that's so so not how th how that works and how anything like that works in reality, unless you pinpointed that that spot where they're supposed to be. Um, like yeah, but, like from from this ground, point. Like hey, why is this pole in the ground? Let's try it. Like there's, you know, if they were ten feet to the left, that suddenly doesn't work. From from this point on, like. All we really need to do is get to the battle. We've got all the story stuff straight that we really need to know. Was that so, the actor that used to, like, that one, like, really hot guy on the horse? Was that the guy that used to fuck Daenerys that suddenly vanished in the middle of Game of Thrones and never came back, but he was, like, that really know. hot ranger dude? Oh, my God. I, I don't know. I'd have to. He, well, it's hard to tell. There's a lot of guys in Game of Thrones that look like that. I'll give you that. He's just, a, he's just a beard guy. He's just a British beard guy. I don't know. He could be. British beard guy. But like, you know, we're just not given. We're we're not given any feeling of these guys beyond just sort of, you know, your 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 standard Star Wars beat. Can you imagine like if uh like if there was a village right and like as like they landed near a village and they look over and they see like discarded stormtrooper armor they they're you know that'd be like an emotional thing of like we don't know if we could trust these guys because like this is so good this this and I hate that this scene is so lost and so much 
because like no, this this scene is this scene is the missed up op- this is seen is the only this scene was the one chance they had in this movie to give resonance to her character and all and they to had give, to do is give something when, to like to finn when, too when she like, goes finn, when she goes you're finn she goes are you kidding me finn we ditched our stormtrooper stuff because we heard about you yeah you know, we knew you did it you got out and you made it into the the you know you know you inspired us and that that is what finn needs right now and it and it would it, you know i mean that would be that would be like where finn gets it you know but no they they just like it like i thought that was such a natural idea that i was just waiting i'm even the second time I forgot that they didn't go there and I was like waiting for the part where she says that you inspired us. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that's right. That was just what would have been in it. If it was good script writing that would have made, you know, you know, and it would have been, it would have been setting up the same sort of legend building that say Luke Skywalker has behind him. I will, and, I will and Ray are starting to get reputations and inspire people. You know, it would have been, and it thematically, yeah, it would have worked all three point. movies. It's supposed to be about the new cast, like yeah. transcending, like would, transcending, like what came before them. It would have, it would have fit in with thematically with everything in Star Wars, and especially with a lot of the Disney Star Wars. Yeah. You know? And and it, it, yeah, and 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 that yeah. I, I'm so, like, because there is, like, original concept art of Finn leading a Stormtrooper rebellion on Coruscant, which just sounds amazing. Cause, well, and I will say, I'm a little bit biased, because Coruscant's my favorite planet, and with Hosni and Prime gone, I, like, I was just like, you know, for one, they moved to the capital off of Coruscant, so, you know, that became Hosni and Prime, but, like, I'm like, where's my planet? We don't see, like, the most important planet I, of the prequel I think trilogy. They, I think I think they've just been avoiding Coruscant outside of the animated stuff because it's probably one of the more expensive <laughs> CGI cities to do. So they're just like, screw it. But I, yeah, I wish there was Coruscant has some of the most potential of any of the Star Wars planets for being for. Yeah. for Why film. are you fighting? See, what, what is there? What is Why this are tension? you fighting? Yeah, the, it's, it's out of nowhere and it's meaningless and it doesn't come from anywhere. It's just there to. You know, there must be the, the 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 dynamic that works between the two of them is friendly, friendly friendness works really good between them. Like in like at the beginning yeah. of yeah. Force Awakens. Why are, like the, unless it's sexual tension that leads to a kiss at the end, there's no reason to have this. Mm. 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 But I'm and looking this, at this the, like this uh like Colin Trevorrow's like concept art of like star destroyers over course on i'm just like why didn't we get this it's so beautiful <laughs> this is this I mean, is nice the the return her return to climbing around imperial oh, yeah. wreckage although look at she, she should she's like lifting herself up like uh, it's like no you're you're ray she was leaping over chasms and stuff this stuff is child's play to her like right here she's like oh god no you're a jedi you can just flip yourself up there by your fingertips but it's it's okay it's drama drama yeah daisy ridley's a good physical actress too so it 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 always works well with her but i I do like that they dirty her up though 
you know, it'd be so easy to make her look like pretty at all times. But I, I like that they're not afraid to like make her sweaty and muddy and later yeah. on bloody and dirty. Um, so I do like that they don't like try and make her pretty at all times. Like her, her hair is sticking to her face. That's what happens when you're a sweaty girl. <laughs> well, Star Wars was always like super realistic and lived in, but yeah, costume, except for Zori cost- Bliss. <laughs> well, costume-wise, in all the movies, people always like kept their clothes clean for the most part. You know, Luke got a little wet and dirty in Dagobah, but then oh, like yeah. ten minutes later, his his uh, flight suit would be all clean again and stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know. And- Stuff like this, I don't mind because it's... I kind of wish they didn't tell us she was a Palpatine earlier because this would be a cool visual of, like, why did the door open for her? And, like, when she has that dark gray vision, you know, have have it being herself confirming it, not having uh, uh, Kylo just being like, BT dubs, your grandfather misses you, come call. No, no, uh, like, I'm getting... The the part for her to know, find out she was a Palpatine is after she heals Kylo after their fight that would have yeah, I think or have him but why why do you think it's after the fight i'm i'm curious well because that's what i'll get i want to i want to wait till we get to that because i'm going to explain to how you could just write a scene or two after that scene to get to to just shave 20 minutes Chris, of unnecessary movie out of this we reached the next checkpoint yeah ding video ding. video it's, game save it is. It's literally the, it, like it, cutscene, cutscene. Oh, I would have loved more of this, actually. I would have loved way more of Dark Grey and more of this. I guess it would have been more dramatic to have Ray have an actual str- like a struggle with it. But she's more like, I can't Ezra. believe I'm going to fall to the dark side. But at the same time, there there should be a struggle. Or else she wouldn't really be too scared that she'd fall. I mean... Well, that's the thing. She's more like Ezra. Like, we've talked about yeah. this before, how both Ezra and Rey and Ahsoka at times, they can touch on the dark side and then come back to the yeah, light. Because the light is a choice. They're you fine. Know, like, they they're they fine. don't have the struggle. They don't have the... They, they don't have the struggle. They're... They're... They've... You know, they've internalized their goodness. And they're not... You know, they... they, they you know, I mean, like it's like somebody who's watched like five of their relatives die of cancer from chain smoking is never going to smoke, you know, because they know, you know, it's not a, something that they have to struggle over because it's just like I saw it claim five people in my family or whatever, you know. Yeah. And. Oh, no. Checkpoint destroyed. See. Right here, that line would have been... I would have made that line true. I like this about Kylo, because he does this later, too. I like how he only pulls out his lightsaber when he has to. And then he's just like, quick heals, woo! <laughs> Down! I like this fight. I will say, at this point, I forgot Leia was in the movie, and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> this one here, this this scene here feel like, right there, she is cut right out of another scene that the lighting is a little different they did a good they did a good job when they oh. have her maz and bill robinson all acting together up here there's there's a or maybe maybe it was another scene but there was there was a scene with Such her a waste of leia 
Yeah, but they're you know they were stuck. I mean, the, I'm I sure they had. They, I'm sure they had plans that would have been great fun for Harry. Harry, I almost said Harry Kisher, Carrie Fisher, <laughs> to to do and like would have given her a like real arc, you know. But it like they just. I'll had take a drink. Lit. He's yelling, Ray. Why? Why is he even there? What does he? What is he hoping to accomplish? Why? He's Why? his character has gone far enough and learned enough not to be. To be, you know, that always chasing after Ray thing is done, you Good know, point. character and plot-wise in this movie. There's no reason to have them, and that wave should be taking these two right out. That it should be right. Oh, I guess not. But here, here's here's my thing. Like, I, again, well, like I said at the top they... of this. Again, like I said in the top of this. Like, I I would have rather them just said like in in the crawl that Leia had passed and that they were all dealing with this because then when you have this scene. You would have that moment of, you know, Ray defeating Kylo and then just and then having that conversation of like and having Ray bring him back to the light because and then she's like embodying what the Jedi is. And and I and I don't want to undermine like Leia's sacrifice here and stuff like that, too. But like, it's just not well done. No, it, it took me that, you know, it's Leia, Leia, Leia projects Han and then and then ray fixes his heart and 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 i know where it should have gone after that but like it's i mean this should have talked to this, him this after is, that this is Luke yes well 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 we'll get to there we'll get to there just wait a couple minutes and i'll get us to there i will i will take us right there um but like all this stuff i'm not wonky as it is daisy ridley and and Ky- and uh, why am I? Yeah, they they are fucking great actors. They're they're they are living in these roles. So I'm I'm here for and this is a well shot scene. I'm here yeah, for it. I love this. The is fight. A, this is the strongest. And even the stuff between them for what it is, the way they handle it, it works in this movie. They pull it off with their with their acting, their 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 relationship to each other. And all this stuff. That's the only thing this movie's got really going for it, as far will... as a heart goes. You know, anything meaningful. I will say, uh, I think there's one too many fight lightsaber fights because this is what like their third duel in yeah. this. In yeah, this. yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to like cut they out. They should have waited. Yeah, they yeah. should have waited till right now. You know, this this like. I remember gasping in the theater. This was a double gas. Yeah, it's it's a ballsy moment, right? But it, it's right. meaningless. It's it's not meaningless, but it gets negated. It gets negated, and plus because Ben Solo dies. We've literally got an hour left in the movie now to defeat Palpatine, right? At this point, okay. So so, this is what I would. This, this, okay, well, we'll get through these two parts too, because this is I like I like this stuff. Yeah. This this is actually my favorite part of the movie. This scene and the scene with Han. That is yeah. my, my favorite part of the movie. This is so well done. And the the, the way the water falls up, splashes up, and then comes splashing down on him is amazing. Is a nice touch. And they're constantly getting pelted with water. 
Yeah, but, and it's just like, a but- like in character wise, like this is such a nice moment. This is uh, Hope's gonna talk probably about this later and rant about this with too much wine in her. But um, like from here on out, the rest of this should be Ben. Ben, uh, like coming. Of course, this is him coming back to the light, and he has that talk with his father. But then he never like we, we talked about this with Callus, right? Callus gets redeemed, and but then he gets like all of season three and season four to like prove his worth and to make it up to them. And he goes through his heads, like he gets thrown through a window. He they don't trust him. Rex doesn't let him sit in the seat. Like he faces the advert, like the challenges of owning his mistakes. Kylo never gets to own his mistakes. You know, he never gets to look Poe in the face and Poe goes, I don't forgive you for torturing me and him going, that's no, fair. Yeah, no, that's that's not going to happen in a two-hour movie. But what? But if he lived, we would have, like, that opening of, like, it could happen, you know? Right. And no, that's, well, that's okay. just not... So, so forget, this is, cool. forget this is happening right here. Let's, let's, this is not happening in the, in the Chris Honeywell rewrite. And, and, uh... So, oh, now we know why he came over here. So she has a way to get back. But it could have been the Falcon picking her up anyway. Now we get the, the obligatory. Also, what is Matt Kanata here for? Just contractually. Maz <laughs> is a pirate queen who has helped them and stuff and... I do like yeah, the scene. Oh, there, Chewie! Chewie in the scene needed like a half a beat more. This, this gets me every time. This, this is some good directing right here, and this is where J.J. Abrams is strong on the the get knowing the emotional core of this movie, and going from this shot to this shot is just devastating and the way he's waving his arms and i wish that was like three seconds longer i feel like that's like just a beat too short it needed like one more beat like like a couple more seconds it 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 did it per it did it just it just did it enough to turn on the waterworks for me it 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 was it was and very well acted by the new yeah this is my theater is so good he's so my theater screamed at this moment like everybody just went their faces together in this one, even more so in the last one, when they're talking to each other, you can see each other. You can see Harrison Ford in his face, and and he he and Kylo de-ages like ten yeah. years. Yeah. Ten yeah. years. He suddenly like as like a fifteen-year-old boy again. Yeah. You know. Yeah. This is this is very good. It's a little too referential, but boy, Harrison Ford sells it. Sells, sells, sells it. This is my favorite scene of the movie. I think everything about this scene works. Just it seeing like Ben just accept it and and just forgiving himself first because that is like the big first step and stuff like that. And and just. It, it resonates with the Last Jedi in a way where, like, with that line of like Luke's, like, no one's ever really gone. Um, well, yeah, he's talking to himself too. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, so everything you know, yeah. so everything Harrison Ford's saying is internalized in, in Kylo too, and it's look, it's just, it's, it's so well done. Okay, so uh, eat a Kit Kat. Thanks, Daria. <laughs> so okay, so right now I, I know what I do. I don't know if I have the strength to do it. He immediately goes and says, "Come on, Ray, we have to go kill Palpatine." She's gone. 
Ray's gone. No, no, no. Let's pretend Ray did not leave. Ray's Ray's over hanging out by his ship and letting him have a moment with his dad, having the moment, like, let him talk to empty space for a few minutes. Okay. <laughs> I just so, imagine, like, Ray looks over and, like, Kyle's so talking says, to himself. And she's so, like, so he, he says, okay? <laughs> he says, he says, wait a minute, we, we, and, th- and then there's an optional scene. He says, we got to go kill Palpatine. She says, yes, right? They've got his ship there that she took. Can I just but they can either take can his ship. Right, one thing right past, one thing right past. Ben Solo doesn't say another word for the rest of the movie. Nope. That's his last line of dialogue, other than the word ow. And um, that's a fucking yes. problem. I love this part. I love this part. Just old-fashioned palpy telling his toadies. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. How I love much, it. How much is, like, the last 45 minutes of the movie? And ben it's Solo doesn't say, doesn't say a single word. Uh, ben Solo doesn't say another word except for ow. He doesn't speak yeah, the rest of the movie. He doesn't have that's to. Cute... No, that's a problem. It would be a problem in a better movie. But uh, anyway, let me go. Let, it let, would let be me... a huge okay, problem so they, so they... was a bad actor. But he's they, a great they, actor, so it let, works. But let, me, was... let, me finish my, let me finish my thing before we get too far away from it. Okay. From that point on, they should have gotten in the ship. They could have gotten in Ben's ship and either just flown to Exegol and sent out a little th- a message to the to the rebels, or they should have gone to Jakku to get Luke's ship so that they each had a ship and that they could use Luke's ship to as a marker, and then Kylo could talk to Luke mm-hmm. and Rey, and they could all have a sit-down, which would have been fucking great. That like, that could have been a really... That could have been a really meaningful little exchange and then you'd have adam driver acting in it and you would have adam driver you know talking and dominic monahan is taking more of ray's line uh, rose's lines right now but yeah like you would actually have him having uh actual dialogue i would have been down for ben and, and luke having that you could have had kylo apologize to luke and a luke apologize to kylo yeah and that would have been a beautiful moment and yeah. then they and then and then and then boom Ten minutes, ten minutes after they're fighting on the Death Star, they're flying to Exegol. Everything else, everything in here is is just look. We we we're, we're I, we we're I almost disagree. we still this have we have like forty five minutes left in this movie. I, I I think actually though this is Oscar Isaac's best scene of the movie. To be perfectly honest with you, um, this is especially like with Lando here, like this is a really kind of like nice synergy and stuff because Oscar Isaac doesn't look good, but post 35, like he's a 35 year old now leading the rebellion. And um, of course, Oscar Isaac doesn't look good, but he's still beautiful. And we love Oscar Isaac because he's gorgeous. But um, I like this scene. I think this is kind of like, like we needed a little bit more of this. Oh, look at your friend. Just useless, useless. You don't miss her. See, it's just like, oh wait. He's nice to the droid, and now, now the all the problems are solved because of JJ Abrams. I love his boyfriend, General. General. <laughs> I love their. And he has, he's given a religious god name too. Oh, uh, like like De- like Deus. 
Deus, yeah. It's it's or like Ronnie James Dio. All right, this. Can I just say something? I don't actually think this whole thing with Octo was actually planned. I feel like this is a scene that was added after Carrie died, and they weren't like that. That's just a hope feeling. That's just a hope thing. Yes. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. so much of this feels like just like oh, we need a to get to point A to point B to get ready yeah, to no, that it's, point. It's, it's, like it's, this, this feels like something that was written because Carrie died. I and they like needed... this. I like this in the movie, and the second time through, it seems canned. Like, like Mark Hamill is not acting at the level he was in the Last Jedi. Yeah. I mean, he just sort of, he's just sort of doing what he's, you know, he delivers his message here or something. It would have been a much more meaningful scene with with her bringing Kylo to him and yeah, being, and and be and him being like, I don't know if I've got what it takes to do the Emperor. I've I'm an awful person. I don't think I should do. And Luke would be like, look, you know. You know, remember, remember my father who you've idolized. Well, guess what my father did? You know, he 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 tossed, he tossed the ember into the well. So, yeah. you know, and and and, you know, we could have had we could have had a, a really interesting, a really interesting. Instead, we're getting sort of just a copy of when ben goes and and he even sits down next to her like ben did where it's like oh yeah i told you that but um this you know you know it it was sort of the truth you know you got to realize that we force ghost gotta lie every once in a while and 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 this is just also feels so heavy-handed of just being like oh we both knew you were a palpatine but you were a nice person yeah. anyway yeah, like, yeah, it just, but you were fine. You were fine. We knew you were fine, so we just didn't tell you. And and this kind of feels like more of that, like erasing, like what Ryan did, because like the whole like strength of the Last Jedi is the broom boy. You know, like anybody can be great. Anybody well, can well, be a hero. You don't have to have blood. You don't have to have a well, name. Yeah. And this has that thing of like, it's okay you were a Palpatine because we liked you. So if you want to just keep being a nobody, we'll just ignore that too. Like, it's yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and 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 just the obvious like, Luke threw away the lightsaber in the in the in in Ryan's movie, and this one he catches it and says, "Don't throw away your lightsaber. Take that lightsaber. Here, here's another lightsaber." You know. I, I um oh what's her name um I I just blinked. This um, scene could have been really neat, but it just doesn't do it for. Me. It seems like a video game to me. It seems it seems canned. I I do I I do think it's nice that like um in this scene, Billy Lord, who is Carrie Fisher's daughter, played Leia in this scene. Um, I think that is a really nice touch. Is that because if anybody should be playing young Leia, it should be it should be Carrie Fisher's daughter. So I, I do like that uh, Billy Lord got to play young but Leia. They put her face, but they put Carrie Fisher's face. I, in. I mean, I mean, it, that that doesn't matter. That's not what I'm saying. It's the sentiment behind it. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. But I, I do like that she got to at least step into her mother's shoes yeah. for for one scene. I, that's a nice little sentimental thing right there. But at least it's not in the movie. That's <laughs> why. You have everything you already need, like, like the actual wayfinder. You know, yeah. that's he basically. 
that that line would have been nice if it meant oh just use the force come on just, just I, use I the know. force you don't need some isn't stupid... that what luke did in the death star sequence he turned off the little searching right. thing and he used right. the fucking right. force right so all of a sudden his meaning it goes from being like a spiritual thing to a literal sense and this then they play the yoda this is this is the most obvious like um um cut from you know, we'll just take some of John Williams' theme because John Williams would not have put Yoda's theme over this, even though, because for A, Yoda isn't here. B, he put they they put Yoda's theme on it because this reminds us of the scene where like Yoda lifted up the X wing. <laughs> but it, that doesn't, you know, putting Yoda's theme on it is just it's it's too it's fan service, but it's they're not even meaning it to be. It was just like. It's just hack. It's hacky. I hate this thing, Chris. This takes away like. Well, can you imagine you know R2 they, being I, sad about losing his friend and like having to start all over again? Like this well, could have been a really nice R2 scene, and I hate it. Well, uh, they also the it all got it was they hedged their bets so much because even when they were reprogramming him, they said. They said, "Well, can't you just get a re re memory restoration from R two? And he goes, "Well, he's you know notoriously unreliable, but he didn't say no. He just said, "Yeah, but I don't trust him." Oh, I hate it. Yeah, it's 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 either. Uh, oh, there, there you go. There Your plot go. device. J J Abrams saves the whole universe, defeats Palpatine because somebody was nice with him, nice to him. They beat him up after the Force Awakens." So you better be nice to him so he'll save the universe this time. Asshole. I guess I can see the one reason why they needed an actual Wayfinder is for this scene. Because, but it, it could actually, no, I take it back. Because I was about to say, because if Ray did use the Force, you know, none of these people have the Force. And then it just dawned on me, wait, Finn has the Force. Because then that could have been a really cool moment where yep. Finn led the entire fleet through. With yeah, she, oh abilities. my god, yes, no Wayfinder. She and Kylo just used Finn and, and Maz to... To de, fa, yeah, Finn and Ma, Finn and Ma, Finn. Or well, just, yeah, just Finn. We know Ma's yeah. a force user too, but just have Finn go. Follow me. I know where to go. How do you know to, where to go? Just trust I mean, me. I know go, where to go. What, actually, that could have been the moment where he just looked at and said, because the whole time it's been like, what do you want to tell Ray? What do you want to tell Ray? What do you want to tell Ray? And he could have looked at Paul and said, because I'm force sensitive too. Yeah. And that could have been the confirmation. And then Finn gets this really awesome moment to lead them through using his force abilities, and then they track it for Lando and Chewie for everybody right. else to get there. Right. It would have been right. beautiful and awesome. There's all the this this is see see this we is all to, we got to touch base on the Holdo maneuver because yeah. we have to give uh because JJ because let's give his, uh, well I think I I I think they were just trying I think this is a, almost like a writers meeting where they're like let's do the what well now that we've got the holdo maneuver why don't they just do that and they're like because then oh. they would all die <laughs> yeah well no you could you could program a ship you could you could program some droids to to holdo That's maneuver true. a few shi- a few big ships through the through the I, star destroyers but like they they just say. wanted they they were just saying that so that the people that the star wars nerds watching it would I will get say, cut I do off. like this sequence. I think this is this I is another not. really good sequence for Poe. It's 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 
it's carried out filmmaker wise like this scene oh, right yeah here. Here's your hat, you know, everybody. It's, oh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, 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 but but it's, character wise, like this is where he went yes. from that moment with with Leia going, I don't know how you do this. And Landa goes, well, neither did we. And this is like character wise. This is Paul like stepping up into his role because Ray get to step got to step up into her role. And well, Finn never got to do anything because, well, sorry, John Briega, they had to shaft you for every all the white people in this movie. But, like, this is, like, fit, like you not saying that Oscar Isaac's white because he's not. But, um, like, this is, like, a pose moment to step up and stuff. So, like, character-wise, this is a very nice moment for him. But it is so stereotypically done. Right, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, they, they get, <laughs> they like have... puzzle pieces. This looks like a puzzle. Like, how many ships are there? I don't know. No, this this whole sequence talking about I'm bad so bad sorry, visual I'm storytelling. Tipsy. Like, I'm vi- so tipsy right now. I'm so sorry. Excellent. That's okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. The 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 visuals here are excellent. They're beautiful. I mean, that's gorgeous right there. But when we get a battle here, it's Mama, just a mess. You don't know what's going this, on. This is what I have the problem with. I just would, I wish this was a touch lighter because. I don't even know, like, the only time we can see this building is when there's lightning, and I just wish it would be, like, a touch bright. Just a touch. I, just I a t- like it because it's almost as if it does its dream. It's almost like it exists in a different place, and it almost it's, is it's Hades. It's almost not in existence. It's only there. This is Persephone is going down into Hades. Like, in, yeah, like, this is the, uh, this is the myth of it, so. Yeah. Oh, Finn should be leading them with the fours. God damn it. The thing is, we have no resonance for any of these enemies or anything. It's just, boom, the the Palpatine army. It's... But we could be, we could be, we could be like 10 minutes to the end of this movie right now. 20 minutes to the end of this movie right now. And, and, And you just don't get a feel. One, one thing about it is the size of the area and all those like when the ships are flying around they're not flying around other ships as much so you don't get that that shot had a little bit of of that in it but it's very much like the force awakens battle at the end it's just sort of thing you you it's cutaway shots to things happening see i I like that this whole place is just it's like a bad dream it's like a nightmare and again i oh i don't Hope meant to go back and look for this beforehand, and she forgot. But at some point in this final thing between Rey and Palpatine, and it's definitely when Rey is just like, I have all the Jedi with me. Um, there is a musical cue, and, well, I guess the Mandalorian took from them, but it's the same musical cue from the last Mandalorian episode when Luke showed up. That kind of guitar-like tone that uh-huh. led into the main theme. Um, it's the same musical cue um, that they that they use so, at some point in this final battle because I remember I stopped and I was like, "Is that the music they used in the Mandalorian?" Because because it's a guitar and they so rarely use like guitars in Star Wars music, so it definitely stands out. But I don't remember where because I forgot to look it up. <laughs> I can just remember all the sp- the the only the last time they used the guitar in Star Wars was in was. Episode Three. Oh, I was about to say Clone Wars. Oh. Yeah, no. The Clone Clone Wars Wars has used it. Mandalorians used it a bunch of times. But in the the, the first chase in Coruscant, there's some guitar going on in in that one too. Going, wee! 
a feeling because I'm force sensitive. But we don't know that until we get to the Lego holiday special. Well, at, at this point, <laughs> yeah, at this point, at this point, I'm imagining there's just a lot of stuff on the cutting room floor about him, you know, uh. that, that would that would make it feel more natural <laughs> i do i like this scene i do i like this like the whole like horses busting out yeah it's it's it's, this, cool. it's a cool the, idea there is stuff that is it's a cool idea well i also think that i don't think jj is completely I, hostile towards ryan johnson I, because this is the this is sort actually, of this reminds me of the Ewoks in Return of the Jedi and you it know, reminds me of the horse things at the at the end of the last movie and with 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 Finn and and um, Kelly Marie Tran on the horses. So it's the it's oh, the nature yeah. the element of nature, you know. And and here they are back on She looks almost like Snoke in that one shot. It's pretty cool from that low angle. It's the Iron Throne. Everyone has a joke that everyone has made by this point. <laughs> yeah. This whole this whole sequence plays played better the second time because Palpatine is like at his ultimate. This thing. is episode three, Pal Palpatine, but as a zombie. He's got he's got all his plans of like revealing here your friends dying and all that. Yeah. So, but he only has one real pure Pappy Pappy Palp moment where I'm just like where where I've been just like where I was just like. I, yes, a palpa. Do it, Palpy. Palp it I up. I think that's where it bothers me because it so closely mirrors Return of the Jedi, yes. which which is the point. But I, I I always you know I'm always wanting Star Wars to do more stuff because I I, I am not a nostalgia person when it comes to Star Wars. Like I think nostalgia is nice here and there, but like this so closely mirrors Return of the Jedi. Like 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 here's your friends dying, do your thing and stuff like that. Um, it, it actually does take me out of the movie for a bit, but the thing that actually does interest me, especially now with the television show announced, I see all those people sitting in the audience, and I'm just like, those are acolytes, those are Sith acolytes, and now we have a TV show coming, and I'm hoping we find out more about right. them, because I'm sitting right. here going like, who are all those people? Right. Well, <laughs> What's that's their what I'm story? Saying. What's that structure? Like, I want to know that. When, like, that's, when, that's a very teasing thing to me. When people started going like... <laughs> he looks like, like Gladys! Can I just say he looks like Gladys from Portal? He looks exactly like Gladys. That's exactly what Gladys right. looks like in Portal. So, anyway, you were saying? Uh, uh, I forgot. I'm sorry. <laughs> but every time I see that shot, I'm just like, oh, it's Gladys. And I'm just like, do we eat cake now? But the cake is a lie. I, I, I like this because it's him in his most, he's, he's at the, he's at his most degraded. But at the same time, he's like, like he like he is just he's degraded and now he's gotten himself to a point where he's got his power suck that he needs so he's got her and kylo and he can't and then he discovers later it's like oh i can suck my power from both of them and then he sucks the power from all the rebel ships and stuff so he's he's more lovecraftian and satanic in this because he's just the the last most decrepit features of him so uh, it, it almost makes sense that he would just be doing the same thing over again because he's just like a sort of a shadow of his original self and you're sort of limited when you're on the dark side you have sort of one 
you're sort of a one-trick pony. So, I like if I liked the movie better, I would be playing more right, more like you know, fight, bringing that up more and going, well, actually, blah blah blah. There's a, they put the stuff in here for you to well actually it, but they don't do it well enough or deftly enough for it to really stick for me. See, it's all just just busy line. It's like, oh, we can destroy this. They they just th this movie is just like can't commit to any of its beats. It's like we have to destroy this one thing to prevent them. Oh, actually, that doesn't work. They can do it from the ship. Okay, we got to destroy that one. Okay, we got it. Oh, it's out for a couple minutes. You know, it's just like. You know, and there's, you know, that little Moncala is Akbar's son. They could really be doing something more with him too. But no, we can't have aliens in you Star don't have Wars. You don't have time in these well, movies. Well, no, like, the why thing. even bother with them if you're, if you? Like that's well, that's a hope personal pet peeve is I always hate like the human centric stories of Star Wars, which is why Rebels is so beautiful because Harrison Dula is amazing, but like only the heroes are allowed to save the day, and you it's, know aliens yeah. can only be here to be terrible racial stereotypes. But now that we're having more people of color like in Star Wars and stuff like that, what are we gonna do with the aliens? Because now they're just like the subspecies that we don't take equally as equal characters or anything, which was why they could have had a really good moment of having like. I'm Akbar's son, or even have Akbar's son be like, you know, my father, Admiral Akbar, used to tell me this Poe and stuff like that, and have really good moments. Yeah, but it's unless like, you read the comics, that you have no idea. No, that's who he that's is. that's TV show stuff. That's that's stuff you can develop effectively. In, in a movie, it's just like adding, you know, you got to take the movies and stream them down to the to their essence. I just you only have two hours. I think we have to... more of that going forward because I really hate like the human centricness of Star Wars so well, much because only humans can save the day, especially that's, brunette that's, women. Yeah, but we it's can't have any it's, other it's, women. Yeah, it's because humans are their audience. That's why. <laughs> that's a horrible tale. That's why they. That's why they work on inclusion of different kinds Where of humans. Where are all the aliens here? Why they're, are they not fighting for the Because there's zero aliens buying tickets to the movies, but there are African Americans buying tickets to the movies, so it might be better to have some African American humans and it's actors so in there. And also it's budgetary because it's more expensive to have alien characters, a bunch of alien characters in a movie than... It's it's like... It's, it's, it's no... That, that scene made the, the the movie theater roll on the floor with laughter. The way it's edited in is so awkward, and he just runs up and looks both ways. It's like uh, a student film. It's a, such to, a bad cut. I have to say I love Ben's, like, really super, like, nice sweater. I mean, look, he gets one more <laughs> line of dialogue. It's this. Ow. That's his last line of dialogue. And then he doesn't talk at all. And it actually would not work if Adam Driver was not such a damn good actor. Right, right. And I have an issue with this like this thing with Rose. Because her whole thing is about saving what you love. And she's just like, oh, well, I just I'll guess I'll just leave Finn behind. Even it's, though she the, almost died I in checked, the last movie. She at this point, I checked out of... I checked out... At this point, I was well checked out of any of these characters having anything to do with anything but just to take up the time in between these se sequences this is i love that he has his little fucking <laughs> the, he's just on a mechanized dolly this is the I most love... han solo moment right there it, that's such a han solo thing 
That's Han Solo with the Force. Yeah. Uh, I love I love this uh, that his all his nerd friends are coming to beat him down. <laughs> you and, got a girlfriend now? Well, here comes incel yeah. culture. We're coming yeah. for you, bitch. Been You're spending done. a lot of time with e- stupid Emily. What 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 about the D and D game, asshole? Hey, I am about to start a hopefully very soon D and D game with my friend Colin, but Colin is also married with a girlfriend and has a social life. So. But Emily wants to play D and D with us. She can't play D and D with us, dude. You don't don't you get it? We're the Knights of Red, not the Princesses Nothing. of Red. Not the Knights of Emily. I love how he's just talking about her in the third person as if it's already played out. It's just standard palpy tricks, but still. This is such a good scene, though. This little scene between the two of them, because she's not even looking at Palpatine. All she sees is Ben. The lightsaber in her eye looks really cool, too. Yeah, that's a good effect. And the little shrug. He does the little, that's such a Han Solo thing, too. That little shrug. Just like the little uh. (laughs) <laughs> the, the the shrug when he gets the lightsaber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when what that's the shrug it. I'm ta- that's the shrug I'm talking about. Yeah, it's it's coming up right here. I love it. Right he just sort here. of gives him a like, eh, what can you do? I'm gonna kill you now. Yeah, it's that's a Han Solo thing. That's like yes. the, he's like, I'm shooting first, here we go. But shoot yep. first be <laughs> 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 shooting first. I would have like this this is the tiniest of gripes in the already bitch fest of the last two hours. I, I do wish that, like, Anakin and Leia's lightsabers were two different colors, just because, you know, I thought I think that would be a nice kind of visual to have, like, two different color lightsabers. Uh, oh, excuse me. I am down, now officially done with wine. Yes. Hell yeah. I know. See, Ooh, these guys, these guys totally... why are they even, you know, they're just, they're, they're, there's just two... At this point, really, I was like at the logic of this too. Like, how long has these ships been just living on Exegol? What do they eat? How do these right. people live their lives? Have they just been hanging out for hundreds 30 of years? thousands of people? If you've got deaths or you got star destroyers like that, yeah. I this this is one little gripe I do have about the sequel trilogy, and maybe it's just because of the CGI ness of it, but. A lot of like these like little scenes like him sucking the life out of them just feels a little bit like I guess cheesy is the best word. Yeah, like, I, I I like that. I like the, I. It's okay that it's. I love that he just like ooh two of them and it's ju- extra juicy and my fingers this. grow back. Like, but just this, like, just like the like how it's executed, it actually kind of takes me out of it because to me like it's almost too cheesy. Where I, I don't I don't know like this just doesn't uh. like. I'm not sold of the fear of this because I just know it's Daisy and Adam just kneeling there, just going, ow, ah. <laughs> but that's just a me thing. But I saw, I got sold right there though when his eyes turned yellow and I was like, oh shit. Yeah. And then Snap Wes- Wesley died. Hi, he, Snap. I call him Dr. Bill Robinson. But the thing about Snap is, is that Wedge shows up in like five minutes, and that's his stepdad. And what if he found out that his son, his stepson, just died, and he'd just be like, "Oh no, my stepson!" But that's okay, because Wedge and Tilly's is only in the thing for three fucking seconds. <laughs> and he looks like a bitter actor who played Wedge, who just got his 
five seconds of it. He ju- he just does it. He just looks like a guy from our universe. It, in it. This shot does not look like it's actually in the middle of a battle, you know? I want this to be more resonant. Like, I feel like, oh, okay. Here's my thing. This is where you could have really pulled in more of the canon. And this is a big, like, problem I have with, like, how J.J. handled this. Because we know that Ryan met with the story group every week while filming The Last Jedi. And, like, you could have things like... You could hear Kaz in this moment. You could hear Toru this moment. You could see the ASS. You could see... You know, we just saw the ghost. The ghost was under the Millennium Falcon. You could have Hera. Yeah. It could be Jason Sindula. Like, but it's stuff. just... It it's just be... throwing... It's just throwing... Like, I mean, I'm no, not no, no, opposed no, 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 to any no, no, of that. But, but, but this is the final Skywalker movie. They could have people calling in. Like, you have fucking Wedge, but you can't have little audio cues of, like, other people here. No one's talking in these scenes. Why can't you just have, like, little audio cue of, like, Hera just be just like calling out something over the radio you know i'm not talking about like let's see harrison doing the flesh but have vanessa marshall just being like i'm getting this one like you know we're hearing the radio chatter we're hearing post radio chatter why not have those like be like already established characters yeah no i mean a film that's celebrating the end of the entire fucking franchise Yeah, I mean that that that, oh, that like that all assume- they designed ships. They I would have been I would have been I would have been more this. excited about like something of that if this was all like emotionally re- resonant or anything like that. But it, it like it's it, at this <laughs> point. Palpatine got a whole ca- outfit change. Look how dapper he is in his red now. Their life was so good that he got a whole wardrobe change because he's now in red. He got that. Oh, no, dude, he's like James old. Brown. He's got a million acolytes to come throw a new robe on him. I know. He has that nice little red dicky going on, and he's just like their life force was so good it made me change can, my whole damn outfit. He can manifest eight million star destroyers. <laughs> this is a Palpatine moment. This is the one. I like this. He's just like, yeah. oh yeah. Your dad? Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> and fuck you. <laughs> fuck your grandfather. That fuck is, your that uncle. Is, fuck all yeah, y'all. That is, that is Palpat- that's a great Palpatine moment. Like, your granddad threw me in the well. I throw you in the well. Bye. <laughs> I love Palpatine's whole, like, like whole, he got himself some new silk pajamas. He's all in his jammy jams, and he's just gonna kill everybody now. Cause he's in his new silk red pants. Yeah, and and, and and like it, it, it works once you've thought about it. It's like okay, he he gains some energy. Now he has enough energy to Wait, suck energy out. Wait, why is R two with Poe and not BB eight? Oh, because BB eight's on the thing. I didn't no, even notice no, no, that. No, 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 BB eight's with Finn. That's why. That's oh, why. Because okay. he, he was rolling along with the horses. Never mind. Never mind. That's right. I, I like this little scene though, like this whole transition into the stars, because it to me it also feels very world between worlds. Like yes. she's stepping into the world between worlds, like she's mentally. stepping out of time. Yeah, and I I don't care that they weren't force sensitive because the force is in everybody. When you're hearing all the Jedi, this is a point where you could have Shmi and Padme, because they but are the not... sky. No, Chris, no. They are the Skywalker mothers. Yeah, but that's that's that that's not J.J. Abrams writing it. They're only gonna put the Jedi. It's the because the Jedi are the well, ones that's living what in the saying. force. But J.J. Abrams can go suck my fat dick. Well, he yeah, I mean that's my that, dick that's, because that's this the thesis is where... of this whole movie. But yeah, you know. he can suck my fat shows. 
Like and he can in, or, in them order to choke on them, they, they would have to do they would have to do too much work explaining why why. No, like, they wouldn't. They're the mother of the goddamn Skywalkers. If you can have fucking oh god, uh, uh, uh who is it? If you can have Aya Takura, who only had a speaking role in like three episodes of but goddamn. But she was a Jedi. Oh. She, I mean, they, they, they. I guess they're, they're like. That's the thing is that, that this that's the thing about this whole thing is that that's a yeah, little little saying, wonky like, to me you're is it's thinking JJ Abrams right now it's that's literal no but but it's literal it's literal it's it's the the Jedi live in an afterlife some sort of conscious afterlife where you can talk to them and stuff but it's the Jedi and they had to learn oh, to be God. there and this they had to JJ right now well, I'm just saying that's the logic behind it. They're not gonna. They're I don't not care gonna about ri- the logic. I'm talking right. about what would be good. Well. Because if you're having fucking damn Aya Sakura and oh god, what is her name? Uh, what is her name? There's another girl but in there. But they're all Jedi. That's the thing. Is it's. And it does, that, that's not what I'm saying though. I'm talking about would have been good to have emotional resonance to connect all three fucking trilogies together to have a moment but with me and Padme. It wouldn't have been internally consistent. Not that that's not that that's has. And a, not that this movie is internally Star consistent. But I mean, it's it's internally consistent that anybody that's showing up after the afterlife was was at some level of Jedi-ness. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, if anybody who was outside the Jedi who should show up here, it should be the mother of the Skywalkers. There would be no Skywalkers without Shmi. There would be no Luke Skywalker or Leia, Sky, or Leia Organa without Padme. And that's, like, half of the tragedy. I think this is cheesy as fuck. I don't know. It's so CGI-y and stuff like that, like... Because I'm imagining what this looks like them no, filming it's, it's, without, it's with them just... like without the re- like without like what if there was no effects? What would this look like? And it's so cheesy. Well, it's just it's I mean it's not bad, but it's not especially inventive. It's not bad. Like, no, it's it's not bad, bad, but it's not good. It's not it's not. It doesn't feel new or inventive or interesting or by anything the, like by this. By the person that should have been Nash Winrider from Lost Stars. Bye. That's a nice shot, but like, yeah, who cares about that? Char- that char- he, that character is good. He didn't get to really do much anything. Nash Windrider. And, my, and my another thing that this movie does that I hate that. is Arcee it has... Girl, I love you. I'm sorry. I'm so tipsy now. What? It has gigantic. This movie is full of gigantic, gigantic things falling out of the sky, and everybody standing around just watching them and not falling down because there's massive earthquakes because these gigantic star destroyers are pummeling into the ground. I do like right. that moment with Lando, though. Just the whole like, not as well as this show. This is my ship now, bitch. So I I do like this little scene because it actually reminds me of Rebels because the season three opening when Ezra is falling out of the sky and Kanan comes to save him on the ghost. This has like Rebels resonance, but not enough for me to actually be scared because Ezra has a whole like whole two dramatic monologues in a song in the season three opening of Rebels when he thinks he's going to (laughs) die. Ray, Ray should like the whole the whole Sith palace should be just like shaking like earthquakes right now, you know, like. Instead, she's just sort of like it's a quiet moment. It's a it's a quiet moment. <laughs> I 
I, I guess that's the other thing. Like when everybody like else shows up, um, you know, all these people showed up to the final fight, but we don't get to see them do much of anything. Other than just That's seeing a lot that, of people. The, the, because nothing is okay. nothing really matters except for Ray, Kylo, and Palpatine in this movie. Okay, I'm gonna this I'm gonna tag out because this is something I do want to talk about. Let me see if I can do this all tipsy. Oh, I'm sure you can. You can oh, okay. do it. Oh. Oh, okay, let's do this. So here's the thing. Either Raylo and, and, and This is the third character that's died. Yeah. Um, either and that and that's kind of that's actually kind of the point because we've had two death psychouts so far that it takes like you think it's gonna be another death psychout, um, and the whole thing is either Ben and Ray should both be dead, or they should both live, because redemption is does not equal death, and I, this is what like really bothers me because I'm sorry Anakin you don't get to go on a genocidal murder run for twenty years and get one good act. Oh, and then you're suddenly a good guy and get to go to Force Heaven? No, that's bullshit. Because you might be redeemed in the eyes of your son, but your daughter sure as hell don't think of you as a good guy because you've done gone and genocide her whole entire fucking planet and her family. Like, and that's the kind of the thing is that like there's they continue to set this precedence that death equals redemption because no, he will still always be Kylo Ren in the eyes of the galaxy or, going forward. Or, no, 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 Chris, this is my moment. I got to let you scream. I just want to how- add so I just want to add something in there before I forget or. That you can't, um, um, the only things that matter in your redemption are the things that have gone on in the your immediate circle of important people. Yeah. Not, not yeah. the universe at large, not the millions of people you killed in the universe. It's just you got to square off with the people around, you know, the most cared about people or, you know, his dyad, you know, and that's it. And yeah. his dad. Yeah, absolutely. But the thing is, is like he has impacted the lives of like other people as well. The whole reason that Finn defects in the first place in The Force Awakens is that him, like Kylo Ren and Phasma wants to have him murder a bunch of group of people. And then he actually tortured Poe for like half the movie of like right. Force Awakens and stuff too. Like he has people to like to answer to and he might be redeemed in the eyes of ray but that does, that's not a redemption arc that's not especially because he doesn't get to actually like live through redemption is work you know that's one of the beautiful things about like like <coughs> something like again i'm bringing up agent callus but actually let's go a little bit deeper cut like there's a character named erica quell in alphabet squadron and the entire opening chapter of is she is an imperial in imperial jail and she's in a pretty much a new republic concentration camp because she is an imperial and she's struggling to survive because she made some mistakes and she's having to pay for it and she has to work she has to work to be a good guy and people don't trust her and that should be what every day for the rest of ben solo's life should him be working to redeem himself to work to be a skywalker you know to work to earn the name of skywalker and to earn his family's names back and to prove what the skywalkers actually are and the fact that he's disappearing here is bullshit that we don't get to see him later even as a force ghost because in the you know apparently everybody can be a force ghost but ben solo because anakin did this because this is the whole anakin thing anakin died and he went to force ghost heaven so does ben not go to force ghost heaven what is this inconsistency here but redemption is not death death does not make you automatically a good person he should be working until every moment 
for the for how many ever years and never be fully forgiven and have to continue to work for the rest of his life to truly earn his redemption either both of them should have died or both of them should have lived but not this wishy-washy in between bullshit yeah no he should he should like like i mean say he lived he couldn't really you know there's there's no place for him in the rebellion or in the new new you know good guys side because you know but han solo said there was he well said, han solo's go... dead though that's the thing is to all the people like all the people in his circle see the redemption but like none of these other people see it so he would yeah. have to like go out and be like you know a a a a pariah you know go out mm-hmm. and maybe walk you know walk the earth walk the galaxy and just do good deeds for the rest of his life or something like that or maybe when you get into force heaven they put you to work doing good things or something or clearing up i don't know how they deal with force karma in these movies oh, but it looks like oh. all you got to do is kill kill the bad guy and then you die the, and then so. you're suddenly on the good guys list but that therapy. remember i remember i i caught when we were discussing this movie coming up i was like yeah kylo ren will be redeemed but he'll die because that's the easy it's easy that, that's, exactly that's the what it easy is. Easy, easy out for it and it's the out that's been traditionally <laughs> the Star i just want to say right right about he, where is it? Where are you? There's about to be a kiss between two ladies, which is J.J. Abrams checking his fucking boxes going, look, it's our queer moment of the movie. But just so you know, that moment of two ladies kissing was so small that it wasn't even cut out of the China cut of the movie because it's just J.J. Abrams. Why is there a fucking slug? And Why the, is and- there a slug? Why is that this this moment? That moment was so fast they didn't even cut it out of the China cut because that's just JJ Abrams and, and I box. and I did notice that it was shot to be cut if it had to be. It was Absolutely. It, it was it, it could oh, have been Chewie cut without It's okay, Chewie got his medal. Which is which do, doesn't make any there's it doesn't make any kind of sense. That that the reason Chewie didn't have a medal is they cut the oh, scene out of the movie. Owen Finn should be making out right now. And and this this is just stupid. Just just don't put this in the movie if you're not gonna include the scenes where you find out that she's his daughter. Nobody knows anything about this. This scene means nothing unless you know she's his daughter. Oh, oh, Dana. (laughs) Yeah, and why would why would either of these two like he's he's obviously telling her I know you're my daughter and like let's uh let's be dad and daughter, but. What if whatever work was done to that was cut out of the movie? So why do they put that at the end? It's like nobody knows that, and he's like, "Well, let's." It just seems like an older old guy creeping on a young girl or something, you know? It's like why 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 all of a sudden why all of a sudden is, they're related? Right, right. Why all of a sudden is Billy D. Williams having this conversation and bonding with her? You know, unless she's his daughter, just like oh, I found another girl who's you, black. Did, Let's go explore the galaxy. I I did get misty at this scene on my rewatch of the three of them hugging. I was like, they're all alive. Yeah. But like, uh, but Chewie should be hugging them too. Like he should be like bear hugging around the three of them. Like you know, or in Rose, like Rose should be there too. Like oh, it's so messy. I hate it. See, I hate it's it. It's like, do we have do we have to see a sand crawler and and you know? What you must be ahead of me because I'm not at the sand crawler yet. 
Oh, really? Oh, I'll pause I'm, it They're still hugging. They're still tell, hugging. Tell me when you see the sand crawler. Hugging, hugging. I don't know how you got ahead of me because I haven't I don't know either. And sand crawler, go. Okay. That's weird. Yeah, I... Uh, this whole scene is just is just like I don't mind this scene. But, I do. No, it's here's meaningless. A, no, no, I don't. I don't think so because this would have meaning if Ben was with her, and that's where it would have a lot of meaning. Um, because if Ben was with her and like them retreading the grounds of like his his grandfather and his uncle and his, and and his and his grandmother, because like this is where like Shmi and Anakin and and Padme and Luke they were all existed at some point in this house. If Ben was with her, there would be so much meaning to this scene and like the two of them choosing to go forward and like him kind of accepting like this is his new role of like the two of them forging forward of whatever is to come with the Jedi going like whatever because I remember us talking about like the force in general and balance and how we thought like that the last Yeah, but none of that's in this. I know, I'm just saying like (laughs) This this would have meaning if Ben was with her. This 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 has me. This is only here because the writers were like, we have to. This is like they we, have to give. She can't be a nobody, Chris. We God have to. We me, have to end this. We want to end this with twin sons because that's the iconic looking towards the future moment. This is the last fuck you to Ryan Johnson because the last shot of of Last Jedi is the broom boy. The broom boy who has the... I do love her lightsaber, though, I must say, because it has that Jedi Temple Guard yellow, and God, you guys know I love my grande boyfriend, and I want to suck him off every day. Um, God, Grand Inquisitor can step on me. But, like, this is the last fuck you to Ryan Johnson, because we have that broom boy scene as the final scene, showing a nobody, God forbid, have the Force, and nobody has... Only people with names can have the Force. Right. She just her name she's like i'm a skywalker now and ben should be a force ghost if she's not if he's not physically with her where's ben (laughs) where the fuck is ben anakin went to force ghost heaven can ben not go to force ghost heaven it's bullshit chris it's bullshit yeah this is like oh god i'm tipsy (laughs) it's it's and where'd the old lady go and where'd she come from and you know it was just you know that's that if it was just her coming and like no dialogue coming bearing the lightsabers and going to the shot the shot would be a lot better i would actually yeah. feel that you know like it's it, kind it of like, just i i would have liked her just said my name's ray yeah Bing, oh. ding ding the the end absolutely uh, yeah absolutely like if she was just like my name's ray but no oh, she i has just realized we're watching two rise of movies in a row Oh yeah, we're watching uh, for Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons. We're watching uh, Rise of the Guardians, which should actually be out by now. Uh, we're not doing. We're recording that tomorrow, but <sighs> yeah, we did it. Oh gosh, we did it. It's flawed, but it's watchable to me now. But I don't know if I'll ever <clears throat> warm up to it. It's still like, my least I, it, favorite it, I can Star Wars see movie. myself being able to find things that make stuff line up in it, sort of like with episode one. But I liked episode one a lot more when I went to see it in the movie theater, to tell you the truth. No, you know? ab- 
not, episode one's a solid fucking movie, and it's an iconic movie, and it's a historic movie, and the reason that we were able to get something like Clone Wars is because of the groundwork of episode uh, one. I'll be curious, though, 20 years from now, if this movie isn't uh, looked at better than it is now. I, I could see... I could see a situation where, like, a lot of the material around this movie, like, if we got, like, TV shows, like, something like Mandalorian to right. kind of fill in those gaps. No, yeah, I, I, they're already doing it in the, yeah. in the Mandalorian, so. Yeah, like, I, would, I could see myself warming up, but, like, I am not the person to say, oh, can I just say this, too? I have to say, because I just saw Kelly's name, and I just have to say this. Fuck off, J.J. Abrams. Because I don't like seeing a bad robot production on my Star Wars movie, either. Because J.J. Abrams during the press tour. How are you ahead of that? J.J. Um, Abrams in the press tour had an interview where he was sitting beside Kelly Marie Tran. And he was just like, Kelly, the greatest gift that Ryan gave us was Kelly Marie Tran and Rose Tico. And Rose is such an important character. And she has these great moments. And you see Kelly just smiling at him, like this just death glare smile of her, like I'm under contract and I can't say anything. Right. She's been only in this movie for 90 goddamn seconds. Yeah, she got thrown right under the bus in it. Yeah, and God, like, fuck off J.J. Abrams for, tre- like, treading her out there and, like, showing her off like a goddamn show horse. And just saying, we love her to make people not realize that she's only in a movie. But that's okay, because Dominic Monaghan's there because of a soccer bat. You know, I'll tell you what I think of J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams was a kid whose parents had connections in the film world. And he used to write letters to Steven Spielberg, just like all of us did when we were kids. And would dream that Steven Spielberg would take us under his wings. So I'm jealous, but J.J. Abrams wrote letters to, but he was connected. So his, so he got letters on the J.J. Abrams desk and, you know, he was a kid and he, he was making his eight millimeter movies and stuff. And, and I think, uh, Spielberg took him under his wings, under his wing and like sort of treated him like he did. a. There were a lot of like. Other like Joe Dante that were directors that that did sort of like second tier Spielberg movies with Spielberg producing them. And Spielberg was like executive producer on Super 8 and stuff like that. And and was like grooming J.J. Abrams to be the next Steven Spielberg. But he's not. He understands element. He he understands the emotional elements of Steven Spielberg, but he doesn't understand the the visual and and story elements of it he gets the the stuff that makes you feel good but he can't write a good story around it you know whereas spielberg would have an excellently written film and he and jj abrams can do those actor moments together that 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 feel that that are that are nice moments he can work the the star wars humor you know where they were like you know where, where they had uh chewy duck down in in the at the festival to look shorter you know that was a just a good funny Star Wars moment, but he doesn't know the 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 deeper stuff that he knows the surface stuff that makes it tick, and he's just never been. He's more he's a decent producer, but like, yeah. I'm just I have it paused right now on the cast list, and 
Rightfully so. The two top people are Leia and Luke. Rightfully so, because it's Carrie fucking Fisher and yeah. Mark fucking Hamill. But I'm looking at this cast list, and above, listed above Chewbacca is Zori Bliss, Maz Kanata, General Pride, General Hux, and Janna. They're all listed above Chewbacca on this cast list, and it's not in order of appearance, because Luke's yeah. definitely showed up a lot longer. What is happening? Ooh. I think we're... <sighs> Actors, agents... Some people have better agents, more expensive agents. It's uh, all that stuff. Oh, one of the Knights, Knights of Ren was played by a lady. Good for you, Ashley Beck. Uh-huh. <laughs> of course, they're all. For, for whatever it's worth. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's the thing is, but in, in five years, there might be uh, out of those 10. Okay. Audigalia! Audigalia. Mike- that was the li- like I was like I the, the Jedi I couldn't remember. That was when I was just like Audigalia and Ayas Takura got to speak, but not Shmi and Padme. Uh, that Audigalia was the person, and th- that is in that because is they made the- a list of Jedi. That's why when they when but, they got the list, again, they made a but list again, of that Jedi. That feels like that feels like box checking, like. You know, like they, I just the, the internal logic of it, they were saying all the Jedi live inside of you, and all the Sith live inside of me. So it was what I know, but also that kind of shows like a lot of the problem with because, like, of course, Ahsoka Tano was there, voiced by the lovely Ashley Eckstein. But like Luminara, Ayasakura, like Luminara actually has a lot of like a, a kind of a prominent role throughout. Uh, is throughout Clone Wars, especially because of Barris, and Barris plays such a huge role and stuff like that. But like Adi is like. In like what two episodes, and Aya's in like three episodes and stuff like that. Like, and and it's great to hear like Jennifer Hale and stuff like that. She's really great in, in Clone Wars and stuff. But that kind of feels like box checking because they're just like, oh, we I... don't have enough female Jedi, which is why you could have had this like emotionally resonant moment of having like Shmi and Padme. Can you imagine hearing Natalie Portman come out of this movie? I would have lost my fucking mind. Yeah. I mean, I, if I if I was if I was a writer, I wouldn't have done it at all. I wouldn't have had any. I wouldn't have had that like, right? It that it just was. To, it was. No, I love that moment. That's actually one of the few really good yeah. moments. Is like her finally connecting with the Jedi, and, and it's that world between worlds moment. Like that is that actually to it's, me is it's, like such, it's too it's, literal for me. It, that to I me guess. is like that's the Filoni moment. To me, that's like I actually wanted more of that because that's her stepping into the world between worlds and hearing everything. Like that's what she's like, you know. And that's her transcending moment because that's the whole thing. Like this whole, but my friend I think, Emma, I think Filoni would have pulled it off Emma, better. My friend Emma, no, no, my what? I think Filoni would have pulled it off better. Of, of oh, oh, absolutely. I don't think J.J. Abrams like. That's what I mean. J.J. Abrams. But, but can can I finish my point real fast? Like, cause my friend Emma really phrased this really well over at Pink Milk Podcast, and I forgot what episode. It's one of their Mandalorian episodes, and she was talking about the sequel trilogy and how it's supposed to be standing for like transcending above transcending above your role. The prequel trilogy, the the prequel trilogy is about establishing the roles of everybody. The original trilogy is about the new people stepping into those roles, and the sequel trilogy is about transcending those roles and everybody stepping above it. And so, like, I, that would have also been a moment to step above the Force, to have, like, the original mothers of the Skywalkers, like, the yeah. two original mon- mothers transcending their roles above their Force to show their importance in the Force. And, uh, uh, uh. It would have it made sense to a handful of people. 
No, like, I really doubt that. I really I, do. I, 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 I think most people Natalie in the movie theater wouldn't have recognized any of those voices. They would have but just But most like, people didn't. Most people don't know who Luminara or Soka. I know. No, people I know. know I know. I, I know. I know. I, I, that's why I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have done it literally like that. But I would have. That's the thing. Like, movie watchers would know Padme because they had three movies with her. Yeah, the general audience who's only I I, I I think you I think you underestimate how casual <laughs> the average. But they would know they would know Padme before they would know Ahsoka. Yes, they they would they would, but they probably wouldn't. They they would be like, what is, uh, is Natalie Portman? Was she in the which movies was she in again? That's 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 my conversations I have with coworker. They say, now, the one with the one with. You know that guy in it that takes place before those movies or at you know they they have no idea they they know Chewbacca, <laughs> Darth Vader, they know anybody in a main co- Yoda, you know, Baby Yoda. I've had people be like, "Is Baby Yoda before Yoda? Is he gonna grow up to be Yoda?" You know that that have seen all the movies that have spent all their lives watching Star Wars and that you know they're casual viewers. It's. It's a weird world that Star Wars exists in because now Star Wars has sort of like multiple fandoms within the fandom. So fan service becomes like really complicated. It's like, which fans do you service? <laughs> here's, a, here's some uh, fun things because I have it stuck on additional voices. I have it paused there. So here's some fun uh, call outs to... Some of our animated friends who've done voices in both Clone Wars, Rebels, and Resistance. There's David Adcor, Dee Bradley Baker, Steve Bloom, uh, Rowan, Robin Atkins da- uh, Downs, um, Gray Griffin, uh, Tom Kane, Vanessa Marshall, who apparently voiced someone in this movie, but not fucking Harrison Dula. Um, and then Tara Str- actually Tara Strong is the voice of Twilight Sparkle and Raven. So there's your My Little Pony and Teen Titans call out. Uh, Fred Tadascore, James Arnold Taylor, uh, Carl Urban, who is in Lord of the Rings, and Sam Witwer and Matthew Wood. So hello, additional voice actors. Now I Carl did not Ur- know Carl Urban's one of my favorite actors. I think he's I think he's one of if I remember correctly. I okay. I hope his tipsy and could be saying this wrong so just take it with a grain of salt i think he's one of the clone troopers when she does the mind trip trick and he's just like i'm so glad you're here i think he's one of those two but i could be wrong because i'm borderline drunk that was a huge glass of wine and hopes a lightweight yeah yeah carl carl he's doing excellent work in the tv show the boys right now and uh tara strong is not uh, to my knowledge i don't think she's been in to my knowledge, I don't think she's been in Star Wars animation, but she is a very prominent voice actor. She's the voice of Bubbles and Powerpuff Girls. She's Raven and Teen Titans. She was Twilight Sparkle and My Little Pony. Like, she is a very prominent voice actor. So, good for you, Tara Strong. Kudos to you. Oh, we did it. We got to trust. Yep. We've done all the Star Wars movies. Now they got to make some more Star Wars movies. Hey, they are. We know that. Ho- ho- hopefully we'll have... I don't know if we'll have another one by Christmas next we, year, but we'll we see. We'll yeah. probably will. No, it's 2023. We won't. The next Star Wars movie's out 2023. Uh-uh. Well, a couple of those are movies, and I think they're going to be movies on, like, That's Disney the 20... Plus. No, they're, uh, the 2023 movie is uh, Rogue Squadron with Patty Jenkins. That's the next on-theater 
that's the next on theater, and then after that, that's the, in theaters. And then the 2025 is the Taika Waititi movie. Okay. Oh, okay. Jeez. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. So again, we were talking about how like something to do is doing other uh, for our next commentaries is other Lucasfilm movies because neither of us has seen Willow, um, yeah. and doing that for future commentaries and like. To be perfectly honest, I've only seen bits and parts of Indiana Jones. I've never sat down and watched it the whole way through. So, like, we, we have talked about doing, like, other Lucasfilms for future commentaries until we get more Star Wars movies and kind of, like, compare them to Star Wars um, and, like, the Lucasfilm brand. Which it would be fun to watch Willow because I know there's a Willow TV show coming under the Lucasfilm banner. Well, I, with, I know. With I know, Mark I, Davis. I know Willis. Or, or Willis. Willow. Willis. <laughs> Willis. <laughs> I know Willow uses it, it got criticized for being very standard with the sort of you know hero's journey tropes that Star Wars used, and it's sort of like a sword and sorcery version of Star Wars. But I'm very curious to see it. I've heard I've I've heard good things about it, but it, it might be one of those movies where you know you might have wanted to see it in the 80s. I'm save like I've been saving Willow and Labyrinth as two movies that I've heard highly of since the 80s that that That's I'll see it's the first time as an adult to see if they stand like stand up the nostalgia test That's the uh That's least the for me. uh the disown point cuz um my uh cuz Megan my my one you know one of my best friends Megan um she loves labyrinth and i've never watched it and she even yeah, gave it La- to me labyrinth is a lot of people disown you for never seeing labyrinth that's that's one that she, people she i mean gave, it's 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 she Dave gave Bowie me, no, 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 she gave me labyrinth as a gift and i still have never seen it <laughs> that's my disowning one uh-huh. i'm sorry megan even though you don't listen to podcasts that you'll never hear I'm, this so i love sucks. the muppets and i love david bowie so like you know, and I love stuff that takes place in like surreal dream time. So I'm, I'm all down for it. I just have never gotten a chance to see it. Oh gosh! And I had the same thing. A friend of mine was a big fan of the movie Ghost Dog. It's a Jim Jarmusch movie. I and just got. They okay. bought me the DVD and said, "Here, you got to watch this movie. This is you." And I just never. I still, ha- I still have the DVD. It's been like ten years. <laughs> <laughs> I need to start drinking this water. I have a DVD player at this point. (laughs) I need to start drinking water. But hey, I just got a reminder of it because right now I'm just on my desktop and this came up on my background is a Star Wars Resistance picture I have saved in my wallpaper folder. And now that we're done with our commentaries... I was just going to say, speaking of that, we're on to... It's Resistance after this, isn't it? Yeah, starting next week we're going to start Resistance. Hey, all right. I'm really excited to just watch this because like... I'm excited because I've got a couple episodes at the end that I haven't seen, so I got new episodes to... My, my thing with the Resistance is I thought, you know, we went into Resistance thinking it was going to be like Rebels or Clone Wars, where it was, you know, going to be like four or five seasons, right? And so when I remember watching season one, and, and I'm going to say this again next week because I want this to be my preference to, to the show. When we started... when So when I watched season one... It was the most Filoni-verse season. I, it's such a strong season. And it to me, like, the first season of Resistance is damn near perfect. It is a damn near perfect season setting up about four seasons worth of storylines. And then we had the shoe drop between season one and season two. 
that season two was going to be the final season, and it was always supposed to be a two-season show. And then you get into season two, and it's a goddamn mess. And I'm I'm hoping, and of course we know part of that mess is is that they were still writing Tross at the time, I, so I, there was no way to connect it together. Right. Right. So and so like I'm I'm really interested to rewatch this because I still feel that way. I still feel I'm, like season season one is setting up three to four seasons worth of stories, and it's such a perfect season to do what it needs to do, and it's so felony. And then I, season two is them trying to rush to complete about four store seasons worth of stories in like twenty episodes. Yeah, they they they, they ran into trust, didn't know what it was doing, so they couldn't connect to it. And I think behind the scenes, what was probably happening during during that was Disney was coming to Dave Filoni and going like, look, we're having trouble. <laughs> I don't know if they put, put it like this. I think behind the scenes they were thinking it. And I think it was about at this time that they decided maybe they wanted Dave Filoni to start getting involved in Lawrence. Yeah. Well, well, well in good. movies, in The Mandalorian was the that they was like, look, Dave, let's get you on something live action, and well, then we can of... get you on the set. We can get you on the set and learn yes. how to do live action. Yes. And we'll get Favreau in. Favreau has made. Yes. Favreau's a, like. I'm I trying mean, to explain that. People think of him as a superhero director, but he's done like. Yes. Character talking movies, you know, that were like that were really like well like he was received as a actor's director first as before he was an uh action director yeah i'm and, i'm trying to explain that because that's that's actually what happened <laughs> yeah 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 You're and, not and wrong. so so yeah. he's 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 teaching feloni what he needs to know so they so feloni got bumped up and they probably were like look we gotta have no. to no you're wrong there um resistance was always his hands-off one because he was only the executive producer i think he only wrote and directed the first episode and i think the final episode but he actually took the step back he only uh like only oversaw it justin ridge is the showrunner and um oh yeah but so the executive producer is the executive producer is doing a lot of work he is the the executive producer is holding the show together too in in different ways where 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 favreau was pitching mandalorian to kathleen kennedy and I think it was Kathleen that went to Filoni because she was the one that suggested him to Favreau. Like Favreau came in with the Mandalorian on his own and she said, you need to meet Dave. Like Dave and you would work really well together. And I and this was when um, I think about because that's the thing, like Justin Ridge and the other two executive producers whose names are completely slipping my brain right now, um, they, they have this whole... Um, article about how they always planned it to be two seasons from the get-go which I just don't understand because season two doesn't work that way because season one works that way but season two doesn't because then you have messy stuff like Mika Gray like why introduce this really fascinating like archaeologist character and then don't use her why are you bringing in stuff like Nina like season two doesn't work that way and it's I, I like it, it's it's weird and I'm really looking forward to getting into to it because well, knowing it's I, two seasons, I definitely see it in a new light now because I, I'm, it's, I'm not calling Dave Filoni a liar or anybody a liar. But when when you work for a big corporation like Disney, <laughs> there some sometimes you might have to say, like, yeah, we meant to make it two seasons the whole the whole time. 
it, and it doesn't feel that way because season one feels like three to four seasons worth of setup. But right, when, right, that's what it, I'm saying. And then and when you get into season two, how, like we yeah, know how those shows set up stuff too, and we saw. Remember, I remember just like with Rebels. Uh, unlike Clone Wars, we, well, we actually though we were going through Star Clone Wars the second time where we go like, oh yeah, they always start these things out very episodic, and mm-hmm. then as we're going along, they keep adding little things that are going to pay off later. And then we were, I remember us watching Resistance and going, okay, they're starting to build. Yeah. You know? They're starting to do the build to where it's not good. You know, they they've they've worked us into a comfortable place. And now they're starting to to push it forward and putting stuff that expands out into it. And then all of a sudden they had to wrap it up. So it's like, yeah, it makes me suspicious. But like, now, you know, we, we may not know for years till people do interviews years from now and stuff when it's not as press. I, I will say this about Resistance that I'm also looking forward to looking into. Um, it is a mold-breaking show. And the way of how it's it's really its own standalone. Because and the what I mean by that is Clone Wars is the bridge between episode two and episode three. That is its purpose. And then you have Rebels, which is how the rebellion got its start and how it grew from just little cells into that. It's the story of how the rebellion grew into the original trilogy. But Resistance is very much a standalone show. It's about everyday people. It's about it's yeah. about how the wars of Star Wars affects everyday people. Yeah, and it's not it's... really connected to anything. And it's a standalone show. Like you have like the First Order and we see Hux in an episode and stuff like that. But and right. like, of course Phasma and, and Poe shows up and yeah, stuff. Yeah, Phasma and Poe. But like it's it's really a standalone story yeah. that ha- does not connect to the sequel trilogy at all. It doesn't have the same formula of the first two shows where it's supposed to like explain it's, background, and it doesn't. It's just about everyday people. It's, it's on. Where, a, it's on a different tier. Well, they, you know, I mean, I mean, he's a rebel spy and everything, but it's 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 all on it's all on the working class, you know, working man's level. Yeah. But like, I think and that's mold breaking. I think yeah. I oh yeah. I think what happened with that is. Uh, they they decided to do their next thing as as something a little more experimental and different, and I don't think it got a huge. Uh, you know, there, no, I know they, a lot of people who like checked out of it immediately and were like, "Ah, it's just not for me." No, they stuff. did not and, promote it. Well, uh, well, yeah, I, that, There's well, a that's whole... that's what happens with stuff like that too. No. Is and then and then they go like, "Oh, well." No, 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 just, like. No, no, like there was a flaw in the promotion. Like when when Rebels was coming out, like there was it like it got a whole fucking book before the show ever aired. It had four shorts right, aired. Yeah. Like it, it was like there was like there right. was uh it like when I was working in the comic book store, there are rebels advertisements in comics. I would right, see them. Because constantly. they knew how they knew how to promote it. They they probably saw this was probably different and stuff. No, no, the difference and- is they just didn't promote it. Right, that's what I'm saying. Is they 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 <laughs> didn't they didn't promote it because they were probably like they didn't know what to do with it. They they did promote it, but they it was perfunctory. You know, here's a here's a teaser trailer, and basically like all they could figure out was and 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 it is a strength of the show is the animation and it is different than the other ones and has a really distinct and I think beautiful look to it. Yeah, it's so one of the, so their early, 
the the early tra- like the trailers and early promotions for it were like look at this this is different and beautiful but it didn't really give you anything you know it, it almost i don't know if they were purposely trying to be mysterious about the story or if they didn't know if they that was something that people would like so they just stayed with the visuals but they did but they just did the perfunctory you know here's a couple trailers for it and stuff and they didn't and they didn't hype it up but that's like very common for a big corporation that like because you have boardrooms that don't like dave filoni probably would know how to explain it and and or you know and the showrunner for the show would know how to explain it and stuff but like joe boardroom guy was just like oh i don't know and and it was experimental at a time in in disney star wars where they were starting to probably be really scared where experimental hadn't worked out for them in the movies you know you know what i kind of feel about this because oh i'm trying to remember um it was like bad it was like timed wrong if if it had come out at a different time. It might have just kept going, you know. And, and and I think it was also the expectation, because like we were expecting it to work like Clone Wars and Rebels, and a, it doesn't. A continuation it's not... of those. Yeah. yeah, because those shows, as I said, you know, Clone Wars is the bridge between two movies, and you know, uh, Rebels is the explanation of the rebellion. It's not that show, and I think there's a lot of expectations of this is what that show would be, and it's just not. It's just not. It's just not that kind of working, functioning show. It's well, just I also this think pure was, delight of, about everyday people. I also think it was like when Rebels started, and this one was even more so, like almost um, catering to a younger audience. But as it went on, it was getting it got more complex and more adult. As and and if it had gone on more seasons, it would have been like Rebels and like people get people getting shot in the face and stuff. I love but it how had people that, like, like a lot of people so... were probably like, oh, this is going to be a kitty show at the beginning of no, it. No, I, I will say this about this because to me, and this this is probably like this was my fatal flaw re- resistance. To me, the two weakest episodes are episode two and three, because um, episode two and three are that slapsticky kitty humor, and I could see that that's where they lost a lot of people. Because I would, you remember, I was on the fence after those two episodes. Like, I wasn't sure if it, the show was for me, but when the Hightower episode four, uh, I think it's episode four. I remember you were in. just like, I don't know. If- yeah, when that episode kicked in, I stopped and I was like, oh, this is what the show is doing. But like, to me, like, it did have a little trip at the starting gate. And yeah. I, I, I do, I will give it that because I still, I, I've, wa- I've rewatched like those episodes a few times and still to but this that's, day. Um, uh, that's uh, not unusual I, with yeah. these, I think. I think we felt that way with, with I, I felt that way with, Clone... <coughs> yeah, Clone like, like episode like five is the Jar Jar episode. <laughs> I remember with Rebels thinking, are they just going to do the same formula where these guys go on a hijink ad- adventure and, and you know, leave Callus shaking his fist at him <laughs> as they get away at the last minute, you know, because that be was sort of the first boyfriend. season. You'll be my future boyfriend, Seb. And that's kind of the flaw is that, like, it has a very Rebels and Clone Wars first season, but it doesn't have like the the go like that the finale of the second season, which is why I'm I'm actually really excited about getting to the second season because I really do want to see it in a different yeah, light. I, I don't know how it I ends, want to. So I'm 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 pretty psyched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I but going it's, clean. It the 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 ending is a very resistance ending, which sets up the story that it's been telling about this whole time, which is the story of everyday people. 
uh, in the wars of Star Wars, and it's beautiful. And I love when people are just like, oh, Resistance is so kiddie. I'm sorry, bitch. Season one has goddamn Holocaust imagery going on. You know, they're putting aliens and the others into shipping containers to send them off to death camps. Go fuck yourself with the whole, like, this is kidding when they're throwing Holocaust imagery into your child's Star Wars. Go fuck yourself. Well, that's where they get, that. that's where people get, that's where it gets dangerous, because it's like, you're putting Holocaust with my kitty stuff, but that, that's, I don't know, Star Wars has always worked... I'm sorry, the original trilogy but, was yeah, now but, goddamn yeah, but, space Nazis. Go fuck right, yourself. But, but, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I mean, you, you, you can't, like, you, you, you just, like, I mean, there, there's definitely, especially early on, the la- especially, like, with Niku, there's definitely a, a layer of, you know, uh, Niku is definitely, no, to, like, appeals no. to a... Niku well, is least, Drax. He is the Drax of the show. Like, why is Drax okay no, in Guardians of the Galaxy, but, but Niku is not? Yeah, no, but, 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 yeah, but that's, like, but in the first few episodes, Niku is just sort of reminds me of, like, a goofy character in a lot of shows I've seen. And yeah, like, in, in Filoni fashion, a, they develop him as it goes on, but you don't Kaz know. Kaz is the, the offender, but Kaz is the sunshine boy himbo who is beautiful and just falls over everything, and I love him. Yeah. Yeah, no, Niku's Niku's Draxness is played really broadly at first, and as the show goes on, they they dial it back. And, I don't and, think so. No, no, I disagree because I because I have rewatched it. Like he's just that way the entire way. It's just we adjust to it, and they slide in like little dark things. Like there's a great line I I, can't, I think it's in season like two where he's just like I had this pet and I loved him, and then he died, so I ate him, and that's like such a dark line. <laughs> but like they never like he has that that Draxness solidly yeah. the entire way straight through. It's just the stakes change. So then his Draxness is coming against high stakes situations. So when you have like Miku on a first order ship trying not to die, the Draxness has a different level to it. But it's still the same Draxness that he hasn't exactly in season one. It's just the stakes are different, which is brilliant because <laughs> he's. He, Niku needed more of a character, and I, I will give you that one because I wish Niku. He's, but but he's also this, a sunshine boy, so he's great. Yeah, I love him. I love Niku. Oh, we will. We were actually having like I, I should let you guys know. I am setting up like a slate of guests for our coverage of. I think I have something like seven or eight guests slated for the show, and they're from all sorts of backgrounds and podcasts, and it's gonna be a lot of fun. I'll, uh, my my theme with Niku in the early days will be it's it's a it's a screenwriting thing and like as his character develops more and this is what happened this is another show I don't think you watch with the Orville where it had a lot of, it was a sort of basically a Star Trek clone but it was very humorous jokey but the jokes were all just sort of references to 20th century things you know to a modern audience in the first few like half of the first season but once the characters developed they were able to play the humor off the characters in their situations instead of having to do just jokes in references you know and it became it just went up a level and niku was kind of like in the early one when we do, in the early episodes when we don't know him He's just too broadly written, like a pee- like I love Pee Wee Herman, but sort of like a, a even more child, like just so, some of his lines 
were didn't like felt like lines on a script to me. But then once they got his character nailed down and got him in the context of the story, a lot of the stuff that he said and the humor of it was based upon his relationships with people or his perceptions of things that we knew and stuff in it. And it worked. And from that point on, his character like was totally integrated into it with me. But at first he was he he was just sort of coming off as a character as comedy relief for little kids. And uh, but, you know, I mean, that's sort of how Dave Filoni's stuff goes for his characters that could be annoying at first could be uh, ahsoka was annoying to me at first in the movie i was like not happy with ahsoka's character i'm like doesn't make sense for for anakin to have a padawan and here she is and he's called her snips and she's called him sky guy and she's just sort of like like a sort of um up a couple levels and characterization powerpuff girl sort of and and until she's like one of my favorite characters in all of star Wars now, you know? So it's, it like, yeah, it's the, the it's Jar Jar. <laughs> Dave Filoni, Dave Filoni fixed Jar Jar for me too. So, you know, I, I shouldn't, I never hated Jar Jar from the beginning either, but, but I, 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 gosh, I was just thinking of this the other day of, uh, the 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 two episodes right there at the end of Clone Wars, um, but like like late season five or season six, where he has his girlfriend Julia, and it dawned on me, I was like, the Bardotans in that episode were force sensitive beings who refused to let the cult Jedi take their children, and it dawned on me, I was like, those are criminally underrated episodes because you have these force creatures calling the Jedi a cult, and guess who's still fucking alive? The Bardotans and not the Jedi Order. Yeah. Yeah, well, like, uh, hopefully I Lucasfilm is putting a pin in those characters for future future use, because you know, that could be really interesting. I would love to see, like, going forward, and something I, like, I, I really want to see is, in animation, we've explored so many different kinds of Force users. We have the Lasats, we have the Bardottans, we have the Night Sisters. Like, we have all these different kinds of the Force, like, Force users we have Bindu, we have the, the father, the sister, and the brother. Like, we have all these other, like, versions of the Force. But so far in the films, and so far, especially in the television shows, um, like, uh, I should say the, I should say the one TV show being Mandalorian. So, so far in all live action, we've only had, like, Jedi and Sith. And I'm ready for them to take that next step to go into this other stuff. Because we know about it through animation, because thank God for Dave Filoni, who's just expanding that shit. Um, and and, I, and I, I do know that, I do know Night Sisters wasn't Legends, so like Dave Filoni pulled from the Legends material for the Night Sisters. But like, he really has expanded like what it is to be a Force user. Um, but we haven't got that in live action, and I would love to see live action take that next step. You know, like maybe like Grogu chooses to be like um, I, I would love to see Grogu choose to be something like not a Jedi, not a Sith, but to be something kind of like, I don't want to see more like Ahsoka, but like explore those other kinds of Force users. Can you imagine like if they like ran into like, say, like a Night Sister and like Den's like, what the fuck are you? And she's like, I'm a witch, bitch. And Grogu's like, yes, can I be a witch too? <laughs> like, I would love to see live action take that next step to like really like start exploring things. I don't even. I I, I I would even prefer they didn't do it with Grogu. I I would rather have it be something. I would rather like, even I would I I would 
love to see Night Sisters type stuff because that's got a mall connection and mall's pretty popular. But I would just I wouldn't mind just having another you know another race that are for you know and uh, and we and and we have and we, all we have to do is go to your favorite movie though and to to look at uh you got Churret so. Yeah. It, at least has been in what you know. At least he had Turret in the movie. He was not, uh, you know, a, an awful lot of screen time. But it's there. You know, it has, that seal has been broken in the movies. So, and I think it's almost necessary if you're gonna keep making Star Wars stuff forever, that you expand, expand definitions and and interpretations of the Force because. And you have, you know, I mean, I think in in the end you're, you're going to end up with like there's going to be some Star Wars that's more action oriented, and I'm hoping that we get some more Star Wars that's more like cosmic, you know, that's yeah, more like mean, the spir- spiritual aspect of it, you know. I think it's going to definitely be like a um. And they can feed off each other, you I, know. I, they, if, they're if, never going. They're never going to be one completely without the other. But you could do one that's like, you know, like the Obi-Wan show could definitely be more meditative and, I... you know, and it does the Obi-Wan show like I'm I'm I like I'm expecting it to have a good amount of action in it. But I would also be happy if it was just sort of like a. Um, I've kind of reached this like point, um, and like kind a of kung fu TV show. <laughs> this, this kind of like um, I, I wrote about this recently in my last review, my final review of season two of The Mandalorian, about how and this, and this is just kind of like a me thing too, is until I'm proven wrong, live action will always be blockbuster nostalgia over depth and and progressiveness until proven otherwise. But that's not necessarily a bad thing, when, especially when it comes to something like The Mandalorian, because The Mandalorian is the first time we have live-action Star Wars on television. So it has to be a little bit of a safe general audience show to bring well, in that general audience, because this is an experiment. It's this also ex- it's also this, like... This is an experiment. Measure- yeah, like they've never done this before. So it does and, well, have to have a little bit of a safety net before they start kind of deep-diving more into weirder stuff. Well, because also, I'm sure the uh, Acolyte is going to be nothing like The Mandalorian. Live action Star Wars is is very expensive compared to animation of it for a weekly t- for Star Wars TV show. If you want it to look not like a t- you know, if you want it to like be immersive into Star Wars, means that you've got to sink some money. That's why The Mandalorian's only eight episodes, you know, and it's and they're just I can't remember what it was whether it was eight or ten million dollars an episode or whatever it is but it's it's like game of thrones it's it's like um and it's half as long as game of thrones so it's they're they're sinking a lot of money into it which means the more money you sink into it the less prone a big corporation is going to be to take risks and you know i mean that's the thing. The Mandalorian can do eight show seasons, so they have to sort of work into this sort of like simpler thing. But in the 16 episodes of The Mandalorian that exist, especially in this season, in the last eight, they've managed 
to weave in, start weaving in those little felony things that tie everything together and just with a touch here and there, you know, like a little guy hanging out in a tank here and there and just giving you little little hints that that resonate into the the movies and the other shows and stuff. So they're try so they're they're aware, you know, they're aware and they and also Favreau's I mean that's that's how they run Marvel a lot of the, a lot of the ways is integrating everything together. So you know, they're 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 aware of their of like wider universe and then each show having its own individual thing and not being you know too made up of the other shows and stuff and uh they did a really good job with the mandalorian and hopefully the executives are like oh okay we paid good writers and (laughs) and directors you know to to, i would say directors because i think every episode but like one or two was all written by john favreau which is clear and obvious because that man needs a writer's room because there's a reason that Rick's episode stands out so much as being so completely different from the rest of the season. Rick Rick needs to a, write more, but I also think that Favreau needs to pull in more voices too. But that's just a hope opinion. Well, there's 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 I mean there's 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 Ugh. advantages to both of those. You know, having having one having the one guy, if that one guy is a reliably good writer, gives you this this like consistency and voice to it to it you know but it's very rare in any movie that you ever have just one what i i would love to see if i didn't know that favreau wrote every every episode except for like two ex- of them except for like two i would uh, yeah love to, i would love to see how they set that up if there were any i wonder because it's very rare that uh, a script on a TV show doesn't get passes over by other people at some point. I wonder how they, I, I, I don't know. I'll have to go look and see. I'm very curious now Let's to see. see if Favreau just writes them and, or if they do have people that like. Filoni you know. wrote the, Filoni wrote the Ahsoka episode. I know Rick wrote the one with Mayfeld. Um, okay. And I think John wrote the rest of them, but I, I think. Well, the one with Mayfeld definitely had a different feel to it too. Yeah, and uh, though the I could, first I one think, with Mayfeld hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, sorry, I hope he's drunk and trying to think. Um, sorry, <laughs> my brain is not working. Um, I think he wrote the Frog Lady one, but I'm not positive. But I know yeah. he, I know for a fact he wrote the Mayfeld one. Chris, which I love one, which you. Which one, the first one or the second Mayfeld both. one? Both. Oh, okay. I think he wrote both, if I remember correctly. Actually, okay. I could just click on his name and click on writing. Yeah, he wrote the. Okay, no, he only wrote. He wrote both of the Mayfeld ones. Okay. He. Uh, so, Chris, I adore you, but I am tipsy yeah, and no, dying. Yeah, I was just gonna fast. say we got to get out of here. We're at like three hours now. Yeah, I'm tipsy and gotta pee, and I'm just. Trust is a heart, is an exhausting enough movie anyway. We we'll we'll get to we'll, we'll get to the Mandalorian soon enough. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, Chris, where can people find you? You can find me at twotruefreaks.com. That's our website. Go over there and see all our glorious podcasts and their glorious splendor. Sign up for our RSS feeds there at iTunes. Or you can go to YouTube and the Two True Freaks podcast page on YouTube has all our podcasts going up. And the Two True Freaks Cantina is where we all hang out and have big glasses of blue milk. And we are also on Twitter. 
And our Twitter is run by Gene Hendricks. Gene, Gene, the hammer strikes machine. I've da, actually... Da, 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 da. Gene! I actually fa- have one of Gene's old business cards. He sent oh, me one. I got his does... Christmas card, and it has his, his card in it. He needs to, uh... He needs to update it now, though, because... Now he's a member of the Akadekagangan Theater Group. But, uh... Yeah! That's where they can find me. Where can they find you, Hope? I'll see how well I can do this. Drunky. Tipsy. Yeah, Tipsy. Drinky and, Mc, tipsy McGee. And it's not in front of me, so here you go. Uh, you can find me at Guys and Jedi on Twitter. I run our Twitter accounts. Um, you can also find me at Hope Mullinax on Twitter. I have a website called geekygirlexperience.com where I write stuff like Mandalorian reviews and I talk about animation and Star Wars and queer topics. Chris and I also have another podcast called Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons, where I make Chris watch animated shows. Uh, we should be moseying through Gravity Falls this time and getting ready to wrap that up and start Avatar Last Airbender. And I, I, do I have anything else? So we'll see you next week All for right. Resistance. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Bye, guys. We love you, Mary. All the Star Wars movies. We did Hey, it. Happy New Year, actually. it's uh, This is coming out in 2021, so yeah, fuck definitely off 2020. 2021 by the time this comes out, yep. 2020, like J.J. Abrams, can suck my big fat Look dick. Look at that 2020 in your rearview mirrors there, guys. Yeah. Good luck, everyone, in 2021. Yay. And we're starting Resistance next week, and we really do have like a cool slate of like guests lining up for... Like, from all different backgrounds, like, um, we have, uh, oh gosh, I'm not even going to try to remember people, but we have so many cool, awesome people that are coming on. Some people who have, uh, we've been on their show, we have new people, like, it's going to be a lot of fun, so I'm I love having guests, Uh, we are, we are, we are, like, at 100% excellent rate for guests, we have never had a clunker. Yeah, yeah, so I'm, So uh, pressure's on, future guests. (laughs) All right, you guys, we'll see you next week for Resistance. Bye. Bye. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Freaks.